Welcome to Stateside. I'm April Bear. A Genesee County judge is being allowed to retire in November after a Michigan State University Title IX investigation concluded he sexually harassed an intern last summer. Judge Joseph Farah has been a part of the Seventh Circuit Court bench for decades. Some say that his sexual harassment of young women who work for him was an open secret in legal circles. Michigan Radio's Kate Wells has been reporting this story. She's here with us to talk about what the case reveals about how judges are or aren't held accountable. Hey, Kate. Hi. Could you start out just by telling us uh, who Judge Farah is and what the, a little bit about the evidence against him? Yeah, so if you were a law student in Michigan, you probably know this guy. He uh, is very well connected. He served on the County Bar Association, the Michigan Judges Association. He was a frequent speaker at conferences. He was also an educator. He was an adjunct at Cooley Law and at MSU Law. So there's you know plenty of lawyers who have come up in this state who, who were taught by him. He also presided over some well-known cases like the teens who threw a rock from an overpass that killed someone and one of the Flint water criminal cases. Uh, and then this this case really started in 2021 when he was observing an MSU law class, met this law student, Grace Ketzner, invites her to come work for him. And then she has now reported and MSU's investigation has validated that there was a consistent escalating sexual harassment of her by, by Farah last summer. You spoke with Grace Ketzner. Yeah. And and I know that you read this 50-page report that MSU investigators put together. I mean, what kind of incidents was she describing? Sure. So I think it's important to note that this is a particular moment for Grace and for anybody else who's in these shoes, kind of in their second summer of law school, where they're particularly vulnerable, right? It's like they need, especially if it's a well-known judge, they need this person's recommendation to be able to work after they finish law school. You, you, you really depend on those kinds of recommendations to be able to get a job as a lawyer. And Grace was just starting her career. So she, over the summer, starts talking to family members and friends, and she is legally trained, even starts documenting this repeated behavior that she notices from Farrah. It starts out as just like these weird stories where he tells her about noticing an attractive student's like feet and legs uh, and then tells her about telling another intern who was in a dark small kitchenette that he didn't know if he could be in control of himself in a dark room with her and then turns to Grace and says and you know I would say the same thing to you Grace he reads her a, a sexually charged section of a romantic novel about a young woman who meets an older man, her boss, who uh, sexually explores herself with him and then asks Grace to be the typist for the novel. Uh, and then it becomes more direct sexual advances. He's texting her after hours, inviting her to come on work trips with him, asking her to dinner, lunch, talking about buying her drinks, talking her about her coming to drink with him. And when she refuses or rebuffs these advances, she says that he then retaliates against her at work, talks badly about her to colleagues, or even just flat out ignores her and ices her out. What was the point at which Grace Ketzner decided she needed to talk to someone about this? Yeah, so towards the end of the summer, this was really getting worse. Uh, they were both, both Grace and Judge Farah, were going to be in a in Nashville over the same weekend. Grace for a bachelorette party, Farah for work, and uh, Farah asked 
Katzner what her flight information was. He books himself on the same flight. He texts her the itinerary. He says, you know, maybe I'll see you and your friends. He says, quote, that is if you want free drinks. And at this point, Grace is talking to her dean at the MSU Law School about this. And she says the dean says, look, this is rising to a level where I have to report it. to the, And that kicks off the Title IX investigation. But meanwhile, Grace is also kind of second-guessing herself throughout this and trying to say, you know, like, am I just misreading this? Did anybody else have this kind of experience? So she does her research. She reaches out to other former interns of Ferris on LinkedIn asking, hey, you know, can you just talk about your experiences? At least four of the seven girls that I reached out to uh, came back almost immediately and said, I know exactly why you're asking can I have your cell phone number or can we talk privately somehow? And once I talked to them privately, they told me their experiences, um, which were very similar to mine. So at the end of this summer, Grace resigns her internship. She reports this to HR at the court uh, and to the court administrator. She also goes to the Judicial Tenure Commission, which is the state's body that essentially is supposed to hold judges accountable for misconduct. So Michigan State investigates Grace's claims. And as folks can read in the story, the report that they put out basically substantiated the allegations that she made. What else did the report say? Yeah, so MSU's Title IX office investigates her allegations over the course of a year. Farah, we should say, denies all wrongdoing. He sent a written statement into MSU saying he never made sexual comments towards Grace. He never intended to be inappropriate. But the MSU investigators found that Farah's story was inconsistent, unbelievable, and less credible than Ketzner's, unquote. I want to note here, too, that investigators also spoke with a second woman who had interned and then been a law clerk for Farah. She has asked that her name not be used publicly, but she told MSU that she had very similar experiences with Farah, that she saw him retaliate against an intern professionally, and that personally, Farah had invited her to his hotel room at a work conference, and that at one point to get away from him, she had to hide uh, in a bathroom. But even after she left Farah's chambers to work somewhere else, he kept sending her sexual aggressive text messages, at one point saying his girlfriend was out of town and that she he, he wished she was there to help him. And MSU's Title IX investigation concludes that, yes, Farah did sexually harass Grace, and MSU says it will never hire him again, nor will it place any more interns in his law office. So that's the report that the Michigan State Title IX investigators wrapped up last month. But, Kate, if Grace Ketzner went to the Judicial Tenure Commission about all this last year, what was going on with their investigation in the meantime? Yeah, so this is really interesting. I have seen a lot of sexual harassment and misconduct investigations, and nobody has ever said to me, like, boy, that Title IX office was super quick and did a great job. But compared to the Judicial Tenure Commission, it's, I've really never seen a more opaque process than what the JTC did. So Grace reported to the JTC in October of last year. They interviewed her in December. Then they opened an investigation into Judge Farah in January. But they never declared this as a public investigation, meaning there's nothing on their website about a complaint about him, an investigation. They're not saying anything. And it's only a couple of days ago that Grace gets a call from the JTC telling her, hey, good news, you won't have to testify against Farah because he has agreed to go quietly. They told her he was, quote unquote, resigning. But actually, he is being allowed to retire in November after the election. 
And if we didn't have Grace and critically this MSU report, it would really be just another judge retiring quietly. There'd be nothing from the JTC to substantiate this pattern of harassment. I spoke with Grace's attorney, her name's Sarah Prescott. She says essentially by allowing Farah to just retire quietly, it reinforces the system where the public doesn't have insight into the misconduct of an elected official. The JTC is ensuring levels of protection that really almost nobody else gets. Protection against transparency, protection against there being an open process. Fine, we'll do due process. We did that at MSU. But the JTC's first best, it seems to me as an observer of this for years, is to is to get these people to retire so that nobody has to testify, yes, but also so that the dignity and integrity of the judicial system can be protected. Kate, when you talked to the JTC about this yesterday, I mean, did they say anything? Yeah, so they really they really didn't. They said that there were court rules that are prohibiting them from making any kind of comment, from confirming whether there was an investigation or a complaint, from confirming whether they substantiated Grace's allegations, from saying anything about whether uh, Farah's retirement is even connected to anything to do with the JTC. There are some investigations that the JTC does that they say are public and that you can read on their website when there are complaints. This is just not one of them. But it also doesn't send this great message if this judge is essentially allowed to retire quietly, that if you speak out and you do something like Grace did and you file a report, that the JTC is going to be transparent about what they find to the rest of the world. Hmm. Is there is there any uh, indication that Judge Farah might face any further action, maybe from MSU or, you know, if, if so, he is just retiring quietly, obviously, it looks like it's not going to come from the judicial system. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Uh, he has no longer worked for Cooley Law for a couple of years, and he has not been an MSU employee since spring of the previous year. I mean, MSU has said, you know, they won't place interns with him, but that's kind of moot because he's retiring. Uh, but no, it doesn't appear that there will be any kind of repercussions. We also couldn't get a response from the court about the conditions of his retirement. Is he going to be, you know, fully paid? Are there benefits? It's really kind of a black box. Was there anything available about the circumstances under which Judge Farah separated from Michigan State? Uh, Michigan State would not comment on that, but we've sent some FOIAs, so stay tuned. Michigan Radio's Kate Wells. You can read her story about this online at michiganradio.org. Kate, thank you. Thank you. White supremacy is the sickness. More companies want their employees back in the workplace, but what happens to their careers if they want to stay home? NPR's Jacqueline Ganun reports. When Nitin Buddharaja started working remotely at his last job, he realized he really liked it. I think the, the work got more enjoyable and it felt a bit more relaxed. His mental health and relationship with his family got better. And his work as a senior designer was good. But he was conflicted. Not everybody at his company was working remotely. And one of his supervisors was coming into the office throughout the pandemic. Buddharaja felt the pressure to also show up. That often made me wonder, like, should I be commuting to the office? Should I be going in? That anxiety is being felt across many workplaces. While millions of people started working from home during the pandemic, a recent survey of companies found that half of them are now trying to bring people back to the office. 
Companies like Goldman Sachs and Tesla would like their employees to come back in person, full-time, five days a week. But Buddharaja is also not alone in pushing back. The same study found that around 50% of workers were considering moving to a remote or hybrid job. There's always been that kind of tension in the workplace, and now I think it's more clearly drawn. That's Anita Braziz. She writes a column about career development, and she says there will be tension in a hybrid workplace between remote and in-person workers and between what workers want in their career and how they want to work. Brazee says people who want the flexibility of working from home could be giving up chances to advance in their careers. And some are fine with that. There are going to be some people who believe the trade-off is worth it, who say, my career isn't the most important thing right now. I want to travel. I want a life. I want to train for a marathon. I want to raise my family. There are people, though, who do want to be back in the office. Jordan Shabani has missed meeting people at her last few internships. So she loves going into the Bloomberg office five days a week. I really, really like it. I think that I missed out on so much of like the networking or learning opportunities because I was working online. She says her work in the product management team is a lot easier because she's talking to people in the office. As an intern, she has to be there every day. Full-time Bloomberg employees are allowed two days of remote work per week. And even though Shabani is working in person now, she hopes to have the option of working remotely someday. And she doesn't think she should be penalized for making that choice. The definition of work, the narrative of working from home is completely going to change. If employers do hold remote workers back from promotions, it could especially hurt women and people of color. They're the ones who most want to work from home, according to surveys. Meanwhile, the designer Buddharaja solved his remote work problem by finding a new job. When a startup approached him, a huge draw was that the role was 100% remote. And so was everybody else at the company, which eliminated any awkwardness about working from home. He still loves working remotely. In fact, he's turned into a big advocate for it. It's given me the space to kind of not only heal personally, but work at my own pace. Like Buddharaja, people are trying to figure out what works best for them as they navigate the new realities of the workplace. And more employers are finding that hybrid work comes with a lot of complications. Jacqueline Ganun, NPR News. Since 2018, Amazon's been showing customers a new way to shop where you can just grab and go. It's Amazon Go. Late last month, 26 current and former employees of a Joliet Amazon warehouse accused the company of allowing a racially hostile work environment. They've since been joined by a dozen more workers who've filed charges with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The charges outline racist death threats against black employees, threats that came just days after the grocery store mass shooting in Buffalo that is believed to have targeted black residents. As Chicago Tonight's Nick Blumberg reports, some of those employees also say they faced retaliation from Amazon since speaking out. We were put in a predicament where we still were in fear every day following the situation. On May 25th, employees at Amazon's MDW2 distribution warehouse in Joliet say they found graffiti threatening the lives of black workers. We were told that we could go home and uh, with no pay, or we could stay there and keep working. Workers say Amazon didn't send a message to employees until nearly 24 hours after the threat was found. And Tori Davis says she was fired after talking with co-workers and demanding action from management. 
We're not going away until they take this seriously. Attorney Tamara Holder represents the workers in their complaint to the EEOC and says the graffiti was not the first instance of discrimination. Men wearing Confederate flag outfits in the workplace with impunity. Complaints about from workers about other workers using the N-word with impunity. An Amazon spokesperson tells WTTW News, Amazon works hard to protect our employees from any form of discrimination and to provide an environment where employees feel safe. Hate or racism have no place in our society and are certainly not tolerated by Amazon. Holder also says Amazon has threatened and fired workers who have spoken out, saying they violated a confidentiality agreement they signed upon hiring. The contract is written for somebody who would have trade secrets. This confidentiality agreement was not made for low-wage warehouse workers. But I believe it's a tool to silence those workers. Nicole Porter is a professor at Chicago Kent College of Law. She says confidentiality agreements are a way for companies to protect their trade secrets from competitors. You know, special procedures that have turned out to be very efficient and effective for us. You're not allowed to talk about any of that. All right. You know, lots of employers do have employees sign confidentiality agreements. That's actually quite common. But Porter says they can't be used to stop employees from speaking out about their workplace. As for the EEOC charges, among other things, the plaintiffs have to prove the racism was pervasive, unwelcome, and that the company failed to act. But it could be a long legal road ahead. The EEOC has the opportunity uh, to investigate. And something, I think, like this, where it's several plaintiffs complaining about it, the EEOC will take that more seriously than they might just like one individual um, employee. Uh, bringing a claim. The EEOC might file a lawsuit, call for mediation, or leave it to the plaintiffs to sue. As for the threats workers say they've faced for speaking out. The employer cannot retaliate against any of the employees that filed a charge simply because they filed a charge. Now proving that causation piece is sometimes difficult. Workers want to do this work. They want a, a good paying job. They want to get home safely at the end of the day. But we need to see some accountability from these companies. Warehouse Workers for Justice is a nonprofit workers center in Will County. After the death threats, they worked with Amazon employees to publicize the incident and bring their concerns to management. But really talking to, to more workers at MDW2, you know, just discovering sort of a whole host of health and safety issues, you know, workers, um, workers had concerns about. Um, and um, what workers felt was inadequate pay. Given the explosion of Amazon facilities and other warehouses in recent years, Marcos Ceniceros says his organization has a lot to tackle. Warehousing is the number one employer in the region, but what, what we see is that um, what does not get better is the work, are the working conditions of these workers. In fact, they're getting worse. It's important for us to do this work. As for the EEOC charges, Tamara Holder says, We are going to continue to gather as much information as it takes to make sure that Amazon listens to us and fixes this work environment. For Chicago Tonight, I'm Nick Blumberg. An Amazon spokesperson did not respond to follow-up questions about worker claims of retaliation or the company's confidentiality agreement. Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools is asking teachers to volunteer for extra duties as time runs out to fill more than 300 teacher vacancies before school starts. As WFAE's Ann Doss Helms reports, districts are still competing for staff and trying to grow their own teachers. North Carolina's next teacher turnover report isn't due until February. 
but a CMS tally shows almost 2,700 teachers left the district between July 1st of 2021 and August 16th of 2022. It's not an exact parallel to the state tally, but Laura Francisco, the associate superintendent in charge of human resources, says it's a huge increase. It is more than twice what we've seen in previous years, including the main pandemic year when we weren't in school. With less than two weeks until students return, CMS has 341 classroom teacher vacancies. Chief Human Resources Officer Christine Pajot says hiring will continue up to the opening bell. But really at the school side now, uh, principals are gonna have to get creative with how we are gonna ensure that classrooms are covered. For instance, Francisco noted that last year CMS started paying teachers $35 for each class period they covered for a missing colleague. This year we broadened that to really be a semester-long coverage role for a teacher where they will give up their planning, do their planning after school, and take on a, an additional period for the entire semester. They'll be paid a prorated share of their state salary. Pajot says the biggest trend she's seeing is teachers leaving the profession but they're also moving among districts, with an array of signing bonuses and extra pay to sweeten the pot. As far as the incentives go, I feel like it's been um, almost an up-the-ante type thing. Um, school districts have been extremely competitive with trying to use their ARP funds to be able to not only attract, but also retain their current teaching staff. ARP funds are federal COVID-19 aid, which is available through 2024. CMS has used some of that money to offer an extra $5,000 for teachers in hard-to-fill positions, such as special education and secondary math. It's also using federal money to pay for a new pool of salaried substitutes assigned to schools to help fill gaps. In neighboring Gaston County, students returned this week, and about 4% of the teacher jobs were unfilled. That's similar to the CMS teacher vacancy rate. Both Gaston and CMS are encouraging teacher assistants to move into teaching jobs. Gaston had hoped to recruit 40 people for its assistant-to-teacher scholarship program, but ended up with more than 50. One of them is Brandy Guyton, a new fourth-grade teacher who spent the last 18 years as an assistant at Lowell Elementary. As a teacher assistant, I was everywhere. I subbed every day last year when COVID, COVID really hurt. Guyton continues to take educator prep classes at Belmont Abbey College while taking on her new job. Because she's familiar with her students and colleagues, she says there's only one thing that makes her nervous. Paperwork. <laughs> the paperwork is what gets me. I'm not worried about them being in the classroom behavior. I'm not worried about any of that. Pajot, the CMS HR chief, says the pandemic amplified trends that were already shaping up, such as more people leaving the profession than entering it. You know, the temperature right now is reading as though it's going to be a long-term challenge, and I think that states are going to have to look at this systemically to see what kind of major overhauls um, can be done. I mean, we would certainly advocate for higher salaries and continued um, maybe innovative benefits for teachers. North Carolina has a House committee looking at the future of education, and a panel appointed by the General Assembly drafting possible changes to teacher licensure and pay scales. Of course, none of that work will bear fruit in time to shape this year's back-to-school staffing scramble. For WFAE News, I'm Ann Doss-Helms. It's extremely important um, for children to have access to counselors in the school setting. And most people would believe that, you know, when we talk about access for mental health counseling, it's only about mental illness or diagnosis. 
And that's not necessarily true. You know, it's important for our students to have access because there are things um, that mental health counseling can help with and things like improving academic performance, you know, helping children feel supported when they're not feeling well. Um, mental health counseling also helps uh, with concentration and all those things around dependability and performance. So tell me about some of the mental health problems you're seeing right now in some of the families and young children that you're working with. Some of those issues that children are having now, um, one of the main ones is bullying, being bullied by their peers. Uh, another one that I'm seeing a lot, because I do see a lot of couples and families, is that mom and dads or parents are going through divorces. Another one that I'm seeing a lot with children is um, eating disorders around being obese, um, being, you know, looking different than the other students. Tell me a little bit about why some kids may not feel comfortable talking to their parents about mental health problems. And what are the consequences if they don't have somebody like a counselor to talk to? Well, one of the, the reasons, and we don't talk about this much, is that a lot of times children feel judged by their parents. They don't feel that they could absolutely let down their hair and just say what they want to say. Some parents look at that as being disrespectful. And so children wanting to balance that respectful and disrespectful balance, they prefer just not to talk to their parents. Um, sometimes religion uh, can get in the way of children being able to talk to their parents because there are certain things that's not allowed to be spoken about in their homes, d different topics, you know, so they just refrain from talking to their parents. As humans, we always, we want to solve things and children are the same. They want to solve things. And sometimes when they're in such emotional pain, emotional turmoil, they don't have anyone to talk to or anyone to turn to. That's when you start seeing things like low mood, lack of motivation, issues with concentration in school. And worst case scenario, Danielle, some suicidal thoughts, you know, or attempts. If a child goes to a school that simply does not have a counselor or not a not enough counselors. What would you recommend um, to them and to their families in order for them to get some help? The uh, Mental Health Association of Central Florida has a resource which is called the Outlook Clinic for the Uninsured. And so they do have counseling and psychiatric help for students as well as parents, because sometimes parents you know, in helping their, cho their children, they find out, like, I need some help. I need someone to talk to. Also, the Mental Health Association of Central Florida has a website, and it's called youarelifeguard.com. And there are resources there that help parents with uh, children, young children, as well as uh, young adults around things around suicide prevention, around where can they go if they need to speak with someone. California. Almost 2,000 mental health care workers have walked off the job in California. They work for Kaiser Permanente, and they want their employer to hire more people, more psychologists, more social workers. Here's Leslie McClurg of our member station KQED in San Francisco. Picketers in bright red shirts carry signs that read patient health, not corporate wealth. Naomi Johnson is a social worker in the East Bay. She says she's exhausted and angry. I feel like every day I have to choose between either taking care of myself or taking care of my patients. And oftentimes what happens is 
neither of us gets taken care of. Johnson says nearly all of the managers in her clinic are leaving because they're burnout. I want to be able to consult and think really deeply about what people need and, and help them towards their goals. And I can't really do that unless I overextend myself. The National Union of Healthcare Workers is demanding Kaiser give providers more time to handle follow-up administration for patient visits. But the company says that would mean clinicians see fewer patients. Dr. Samir Asari is a director of mental health care at Kaiser. The union is well aware that its decision to strike is intended to hurt Kaiser Permanente's ability to meet the needs of our patients. The union says patients often have to wait four to eight weeks to get an appointment at Kaiser. That violates a new California law, which requires follow-up appointments within 10 days. For years, Barbara McDonald has struggled to get her 19-year-old daughter help from Kaiser. She basically only gets care when she ends up in the ER. The teen has a history of cutting herself. She suffers from bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, and ADHD. When she cut her throat in September... She has only seen a Kaiser psychiatrist two times since September, which is almost a year, two times in one year. Kaiser says it's trying to hire more providers, but the entire country is facing a shortage of mental health care workers. For NPR News, I'm Leslie McClurg in San Francisco. Why haven't you learned anything? A school psychologist is often the only person at a school who's trained to assess a student's needs, especially when it comes to disabilities and mental health. There's a nationwide shortage of them. And as NPR's Pooja Salhotra reports, the numbers among Black men are alarming. When Chase McCollum was growing up, thinking about career options, the idea of becoming a school psychologist wasn't even on his radar. A lot of kids, especially kids who, you know, kind of look like me, you kind of just see a certain role for yourself. McCollum grew up in southern Mississippi in the 1990s. He actually planned on becoming a lawyer. But during college at the University of Mississippi, he started volunteering at a nearby boys and girls club. That's when he realized he wanted to work with kids. So he looked up careers where he could do that. I Googled it. I Googled, I Googled careers. And school psychology popped up. Once I found out what it was and all the things that a school psychologist can do, I fell in love with it. More than a decade later, he's still a rarity in his profession. I spoke to several black male school psychologists who shared similar stories of just stumbling into the field, almost by accident. Bobby Guay, who teaches at Georgia State University's College of Counseling and Psychological Services, explains it like this. The narrative and the conversation most Black men are having as a Black boy is, well, you need to find a job or go into a career that's going to pay you a lot of money. That leaves a huge gap between the demographics of school psychologists and the students they serve. Black boys make up about 8% of K-12 public school students. Meanwhile, estimates suggest that Black male school psychologists make up less than 1% of the profession. One person put it this way, there are fewer Black men working as school psychologists than as players in the NFL. That representation of a Black man, professional, in a school building, it's almost priceless. It's not just Black men who are underrepresented. It's Hispanics and Asian Americans, too. More than 85% of public school psychologists are white women, data suggests. Celeste Malone is a professor of school psychology at Howard University. She says these numbers are cause for concern. What does it mean to have a predominantly 
white profession working with predominantly kids of color within a racist society. She says part of the reason there are so few Black males in the field has to do with the role school psychologists have played in assessing students for disabilities. Decades of research have shown that students of color are disproportionately referred to special ed. And school psychologists are often the ones doing those referrals. It can be hard to reconcile wanting to be in a profession and wanting to support kids that look like you, but then also learning more about school psychology and the role that it has played in the labeling of kids. At some historically Black colleges and universities, Malone says, they may not really direct their undergraduate students to pursue that career because of the historical legacy of school psych and its involvement in special education. We have such unique training. Like we are experts in human learning and child learning and child development and social emotional development. Byron McClure was a school psychologist in the Washington, D.C. area for about 10 years. He says that to bring more Black men in, there needs to be a major shift in the role school psychologists play. Instead of all the focus on special ed, McClure wants to see them use their expertise more broadly. Even at a level of where, hey, I'm going to work with the homecoming committee. Make sure that we are bringing a sense of joy into the school. To do that requires more resources. The National Association of School Psychologists recommends one school psychologist for every 500 students. But many school districts don't come close to that. We need advocacy efforts so that nationally we can get those ratios. Because when you do that, you don't just have to be in this test place role. McClure has launched a new organization he hopes will serve as a hub and recruiting network for Black male psychologists. He wants to get those numbers up. We can't complain about it. We have to do something about it. Pooja Salhotra, NPR News. Context of white supremacy. Gus T. Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Friday, August 19, 2022. So I have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism, not for spectators. Uh, if you have thoughts, suggestions, you figured out some things that work well in your workplace to make sure that you get the nickels, you are entitled to and are not mistreated, called names and all the rest while you are moving up the ladder as they say let us know the number 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate pause number one woke up this was first thing I thought of even though I believe I thought of it yesterday and just neglected. We were on the book club. So I mentioned on the broadcast earlier this week, the term woolly. We're talking with our guest, Curtis Wilkie. And I said, that's in the word guide. Billy Fuller Jr. I don't have my word guide with me at the beach. And uh, I think one of our listeners looked, I think might've been retired firefighter woolly W section, not in the word guide came to me yesterday. First thing I thought of when I snapped out of bed this morning, Wooly is in the word guide. P- 
pull the wool over your eyes. That's how it's in the word guide. Uh, if it's short, we can hear it. I don't want to hear like a whole page of the definition. So like when I say short, I mean one paragraph. And it had to be an even if it's a, a paragraph that takes up the whole page, then eh, just short, uh, like three sentences, something like that. But I'm very certain, like put a C note down, pull the wool over their eyes, your eyes, whatever it is that is in the word guide. And that's where the uh, derivatives wool, woolly headed, woolly. He couldn't even think of a synonym anyway. Workplace racism, number 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Not for spectators, if you figured out some things, how to work from home and not be penalized, how to avoid being uh, felt up, sexually harassed in the workplace, having them, they want you to explain what's going on with George Floyd or white privilege. They don't ask you any of that. We only talk about things related to the job. You get all of your raises and you get excellent performance reviews on time and great training so that you can be exemplary in all aspects of your job let us know how did you do it 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate as always if you have problems difficulties we will do our best to use counter racist logic help to solve problems without creating new problems uh, share let folks know that we are on live uh, if you think it would be helpful for other non-white people victims of racism to share and or hear suggestions logical discussion about problems in the workplace how to solve them without making new problems email is until justice at gmail.com very quickly they had a segment at the very beginning they talked about that was in Michigan I wanted to go to the University of Michigan they were talking about Michigan State though uh, they were talking about Judge Joseph J. Farah F-A-R-A-H I think this is someone who'd be classified as white white man uh, and his pattern history years it seems unprofessional sexual harassment in the workplace no reprimand no nothing gets to what's the metaphor ride off into the sunset this is why we talked about this last week absolutely mandatory you have to if you are a parent talk to if you have offspring talk to them about racism and sexual harassment especially if they're going to work a lot of those victims uh, the Chicago lifeguard scandal were young teenagers children got to talk to them about this it is super important and then if you are so-called adult male or female you have to have a code you have to think it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when someone someone's will say something ask you hey looks pretty good I like a little bit of that myself let's go out and get a few drinks man did you hear that that right there 
I would make it known like chest out proud sobriety would be best I do not go to bars I do not hang out in areas where alcohol is being consumed that has been an issue and man I have the utmost regard for sobriety who's gonna have a problem with that now unless you work at a bar brothel mm. meth factory I guess unless you work you know in one of those places who is going to be upset about that? You work at a nine to five job and say, hey, I don't do any of the alcohol stuff. I'm all about being sober. Where's the problem? Why is that a bad thing? How does that make me not fit into corporate culture? Make that known. That way, no, I'm never going. And in fact, any of that would even be you say that up front, you might have an out. Anytime they do happy hour or anything in an environment where alcohol is going to be consumed, you've already let everybody know. I do not hang out in environments where alcohol is being consumed. Not ever. What are they going to say? You don't have to do that one, but I mean, woo, that is super red flag. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine Bill Cosby? Aura Kelly? Gus T. Renegade. Ask somebody, let's let's go get a little veggie smoothie. Have a little chit chat about the ISIS papers and things. Area eight. Hmm. <laughs> like, man, oh my lord, I'd be castrated in thirty minutes. Let's see. They had uh Oh, and they said, Did you hear the uh the metaphor they said that uh, one, this report, we wouldn't even know anything about this if the victims, I presume white women, if they hadn't uh, spoke up, said something about all this. And then they said that Judge Farrar probably got all of his goodies pension at the Michigan taxpayers expense, all of his goodies and everything. And, you know, whatever other hookups you get uh, when you get to retire with no penalty after all of this. They said they don't even know because that's hidden. Move, what I say? Minimize, obfuscate omit they said they it's in the black box what does that mean why is it the black box if this is a white man and this is white privilege as you say why isn't it the white box where it just disappears no penalty what did he get who knows in this taxpayer funded don't we have a right to know yeah asking my questions this is this is this is what they say the honorable judge Farah. that's why i say nobody not elijah muhammad not judge Farah. nobody as long as we're in a system of white supremacy no one is honorable <laughs> your honor and all that nonsense <laughs> you got racists and victims of racism nothing is honorable about either position let's see uh, last thing I'll get in I could say had lots about all of the reports that we heard wouldn't have played them if I didn't the the last thing that I get in I thought the, the all of the school reports were so important for so many reasons I don't have children but I mean wow the school academic year if it hasn't started already it is about to start like you can look at your watch it's about to start that's the sort of thing in terms of wow we are in a super pitiful position victims of racism non-white people especially here in the northwestern hemisphere all of the whoops 
and didn't plan for this child amongst children, even though, you know, chronologically they might be well over the age of 18, but we're talking about children, victims of racism, confused about racism like Gus T, and then produce an offspring and no consideration or thought about any of this. We're in a system of white supremacy racism. Where are we going to send our child? They rape black children all the time. They rape adult black people, so-called, all the time. In addition to special education and all of that, they said less than 1% of the school psychologists are black males. To put that in context, they said there are more professional athletes than black school psychologists. Now that's one. Wow. Wow. Extra pitiful position. Dr. Umar should say that. I don't know if he heard that report. They didn't include him. I remember the many times he's been a guest on that platform where he said they don't have black male psychologists. They, the system of white supremacy racism, do not allow this. Deliberately so. But all of that is something to think about. Wow. What sort of environment are we throwing our child into? Are we prepared? I mean, that would require extensive and ongoing conversation. And I mean, wow, amongst the vast majority of parents that I see, that is not. I mean, really, really. Now, how many parents are even on speaking terms? 10 years into all of this. Worthy of great pity. Anyway, it's lots I could say about the teaching uh, shortage. In fact, young academic. Now they sat there and talked about all the shortages and school years about to start. And man, we got to snatch anybody and asking teachers to volunteer. Like, are you serious? Same thing I said to Bay Area mom. They said, hey, you think you can volunteer and, you know, drive across California and pick up a few children? We'd love to give you a little bit of gas. I know the gas has been $15 a gallon, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we hurting, you know. Uh, we, we like to put a few dollars in your tank. Uh, we, let's see if we can put something on it, but uh, maybe you, you can volunteer to drive. Are you serious? Are you serious? Come on. Come on. You could have had young academic, black male, qualified, eager, enthusiastic, wants to teach black children, dedicated, called in and talked about it for years. What's the what, what was the only knock? He would he would bring the children. He would sneak in contraband home baked goodies. That's about it. No, no, no. We don't. We don't want the Negro male teacher. We don't. We don't want them in the classroom, and we don't want them as school psychologists. Is that black male privilege? By the way, get that in. That's such a glamorous job being a school psychologist. Anyway, 
all of that to be considered. And as I just said, like, wow, it seems like they stonewall a lot of black people, black males, especially who would like to be educators. And they make it so difficult in the face of having these massive shortages. You still got all these obstacles for black males in particular to be educators. That also should be thought about. I mean, hey, you might mess around and have a black male child. Like, hmm, it might be impactful to have a black male educator in front of them once in a while. Maybe, just maybe. Also, I thought it was really lame, deliberate racism within that segment. They had all of these excuses. They blamed the HBCUs that they rob. I mean, we want to put it all out there. NPR could have snuck that in as well. They got reports right there about how they habitually rob HBCUs so they don't get all the funding that they should have. Or maybe they could have elaborate programs to make sure they are producing black male school psychologists. That's a different subject. I don't think it's that HBCUs don't want to direct black educators, black male students to these programs. In fact, I don't think it's that black male say, you know what? Those old no count racist school psychologists put us all in those remedial reading classes and special education programs. I'm not going into that. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think what it is, this is one probably a good chunk the word that they used the few almost like an albino chipmunk metaphor the few black male school psychologists that they found they said they stumbled into it that doesn't sound like I was aware of this and I had a plan I'm educated and this was my career path That sounds like something I wasn't, this was an accident. I wasn't even aware of this. That's what it sounds like to me. And that's the case for lots of professions. Where we aren't even aware. It's not that black people don't want to do it or consciously avoiding these fields. We don't even know. In fact, we're being restricted and they've done such a good job restricting us from these fields we're not even even aware that they exist. That is what domination looks like. And to give a report on the lack less than 1%, they don't even mention racism as why we don't have folks in this position, black males. Come on, come on. Let's see. Uh, oh, the metaphor, let your hair down. I got to get that in the head. So many interesting metaphors. The black box, they were talking about mental health. I'm not even going to talk about that. They said with your children, which is important, make sure you talk to your children. And that is a process ongoing. You have to nurture that relationship and trust so that they feel comfortable and safe sharing with you even difficult situations, sharing with you honestly. That is a time. What does that coon say? He says, be patient with other black people. Buddy, if you are a parent, you want to be super extra Dr. Welsing patient. And Dr. Welsing, counter-racist scientist, you ask questions. 
as opposed to they share and you asking questions so that you better under, understand your child maybe even help them better understand because sometimes that's a part of the process just having people ask you questions makes you think about the situation so that you better understand or reassess what's happening to you non-judgmentally asking questions my suggestion anyway uh so one report that i thought was important exactly what we were talking about so we'll have two actually uh that i did not play one this is on california public uh radio important because they've been having a lot of conversations about reparations uh in california state we had the program earlier this year they have the reparations task force uh, and they said a part of the reparations uh, is supposed to be specific to black people uh, who were victims of slavery in the United States specifically. That's a part of the language of how this is written up and, you know, it's supposed to take however long before they come out with the package and, you know, what all this will look like, what resources will be available, if any, when they're done with all of this. Anyway, this week, uh, the report is titled California Becomes the First State to Break Down Black Employee Data by Lineage. August 16, 2022, it reads, California is the first state to require its agencies to present a separate demographic category for descendants of enslaved people when collecting state employee data. I hate that term, enslaved. Just call me a slave if I am a slave. No need to pretty that up. Continuing, according to a recently signed law, the state controller's office and the Department of Human Resources can start collecting this information as soon as January 1, 2024. The demographic categories will include African-Americans who are descendants of slaves in the United States and black employees who are not descendants of slaves in the United States. The data collected will be included in a public state report on or after January 1, 2025. Employees will not be required to disclose this demographic information, but advocates who have been pushing for the expansion of data collection say it is for the black community's benefit, whatever that means, according to the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California. In recent years, the state has been working to determine whether the state will pay reparations to black Californians, particularly those who are descendants of slaves. There we go. That's in the article. And this year, the California Reparations Task Force affirmed lineage-based eligibility for state reparations, meaning only people who can prove they are descendants of slaves would be eligible. Not only will this historic legislation, legislation provide critical and timely information to California's Reparations Task Force, which recently affirmed lineage-based eligibility for California reparations, this legislation begins the process of recognizing the identity and peoplehood of African Americans, American freedmen in California whose ancestors came to America in chains, were slaves for hundreds of years, suffered Jim Crow, whatever that means, and yet managed to build the most powerful and wealthiest country in the world. The Coalition for a Just, Equitable California said in its news release, the statement went on to say, in addition, this legislation is a model for states and localities across the country seeking to take serious steps toward repairing the damage done to the identities and livelihoods of African-Americans, American freedmen for over 400 years. Chris Lodgson, the leader of the Coalition for a Just and Equitable California, told Access that black Californians who are 
descendants of U.S. slaves are subject to shocking economic and uh, economic disparities and oppression. They have like one or two more sentences. They even have uh, one report that gives some of the data that shows the difference uh, in terms of income between black descendants of slaves and black people who have migrated, I guess, more recently from the continent. Uh, it's something like 4,000 to 70,000. It's pretty, pretty stark. Uh, I saw this and I thought, hmm, I had two questions. My one question was, what problem are they ultimately attempting to solve getting all of this information? That was one. And then two, I said, now, is this going to be for the purpose of creating conflict between non-white people? That was another question that I had about all of this. So I posted this report online. A new neutralizing workplace racism was going to air today. I just saw this report yesterday. I think within the last uh, 24 hours is posted uh, August 16. So it just, you know, hadn't been out that long. I saw it. I posted it online you know i am no fan of social media i think i've said for years if i were not broadcasting uh the cows i would not be on social media at all i wouldn't talk to anybody i don't care what anybody has say i don't want to get on and play around and post and all that stuff i'm cool nor do i want to be under surveillance and all that anywho I post, you know, just to share constructive information, hopefully, and things that people should be aware of. I thought, oh, wow, people should be aware. I know we got people who listen in California, all that. Person posts back. They respond. I wonder why any non-white person would have a problem with this, meaning this law getting the lineage for black people. I will point out, number one, generally speaking, as I said, I just asked two questions. What problem were they trying to solve? Question. Is this for the purpose of producing conflict between non-white people? Question. I didn't add anything. I posted this report and those two questions. That's it. And I already knew with this, I've already said I've seen all of the people that are with the ADOS, Foundational Black, all of that. I am not interested in anything you have to say about anything and would appreciate if we never converse about anything. I don't follow any of you all. I don't care what you have to say about anything and would prefer if you never communicate with me for any reason. We are not discussing the same problem at all. The main point is minimize contact. It should be zero. I knew there was going to be response from individuals who might be affiliated in some way, shape, form with ADOS, Black Foundation, blah, 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 all of that. Same thing to me, even though they, I'm sure, have their own idiosyncrasies and may not think that themselves. Totally fine. VGQ for me. I did not say I had a problem with this. I asked, posted two questions. Again, generally speaking, you do not respond to a question with a question. But if you find a non-white person who has a problem with this legislation about the lineage of black people, 
let me know what problem they point out with it. I have questions. You could even switch that word out, questions, concerns. Why are they doing this? What problem will be solved with this? Why would I have those questions, those concerns? Well, <laughs> I love, like, I, I despise social media, but I mean, woo. Gus T just being observant, doing what I do. So the person who had to respond to my post with, I wonder why any non-white person would have a problem with this. As their avatar, it says, I support the war against Kunin. I support the war against Kunin. Hmm. Why would I think all this might lead to conflict between non-white people? Hmm. If the man in the moon were a coon, 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 what would you do? He would fade with the shade, the serene moon, 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 away from you. No roaming round the park at night, no spooning in the bright moonlight. If the man in the moon were a coon, coon, coon. Second time this month, if the man in the moon was a coon, has played on the cows the first time it played, I forgot to even say anything about it. How in the world do you have the man in the coon, if the man in the moon was a coon, and you don't even, oh, by the way, listeners, uh, there's, and they're like, a billion different versions of this song. This is in uh, Racial Matters, Kenneth O'Reilly. I just mentioned this on the air uh, a couple days ago, and so many listeners, <laughs> I guess, normally they're like, whatever, Gus doesn't know what you're talking about. That people did hear so many people email me different versions and remixes, and this song is like a, more than 100 years old. All of that to say, my conclusion, white people have been very successful conditioning and keeping us focused on non-white people where we just fuss and fight and focus all of our aggression, time, energy problems on other non-white people. For legislation like this, <laughs> where I just asked a question and for the response to come from someone with for their avatar, it doesn't say I support the war against racism, white supremacy. In fact, I'm going to take two. I just said, I redialed in and she said, man, we are at war. I'm not mocking Ari, but I mean, she did say that we're at war. And I said, ma'am, correction, war is being waged against us. I just said we had one person. They wrote in and said, man, Gus is crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. I had given wrong information, man. We are at war. And I said, well, same thing I said before. Victims guaranteed qualified. However, there is a difference between having two sides who are at war and having one group. They've declared war against another group. They're not even aware. I said, go out and look. The individuals classified as black that are around you. Do they seem like they are at war with the people classified as white? 
folks who dialed in with a hand up. If you have commentary to share, line should be open. Proceed. Can I be heard? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, ma'am. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, thank you, sir. Um, I missed a lot of the clips, um, so I'll do my. I'll, I'll share. Okay, anyway, I'll share my workplace racism and I'll pop back in on the clips later. So this is my first, this is school just started back in on Wednesday. And this is my first three days of school. I'm at one school. I don't float at four or five different schools. Um, I heard that when they announced I was coming, everybody's cheered I, I yeah so um I'm in one room and that's the same room that I initially when I first started doing the district I was my first one of my first classes first day the puzzle the class that got shut down um first week of school for the COVID exposure so I'm sure there will be more something <clears throat> not very tidy um as far as well I, I have a different expectation of tidy um especially pandemic tidy i i'm already ocd so and then with children and classrooms i just think it should be i think that everybody should have maintained the system that current keeping it clean like it was fresh when um you know everybody was going to kill your grandma I think they should keep that cleanliness um, format in classrooms and schools, but that's not happening. Anyway, this is also the same class where they pawned on, I'm in there for, I'm still now, I'm still in there for the same little boy that I've always been in there for, but they pawned, excuse me, I'm driving, they pawned um, or gave me the uh, Nigerian boy <laughs> instead of the one I I came for it, so this is the same class. And um, so in the midst of that pandemic scare that they had um, to where the class was shut down like that and then the kids gradually start coming back in pieces, I was in another classroom, a class next door. So some of the children from that class is grades younger, though, I guess, so they, maybe they transition when they get older because they're in older grades or a, a grade level up. So maybe they, they go to a different class. So if they're in this different class now, some of them from the little class, because they were the younger group, so now they're older, so they're in the bigger group. So they come to the class that I'm in. So as soon as I walk in the door, oh, I know I'm from Mr. Mr. Sanchez's class. I know I remember because they remember me from the other class. So the uh, teacher's assistant, she's already because she can She's a how can I say? She like she doesn't like me, but because I don't care, she you know still wants to be in my. I don't know. Because I don't. So I tune her out so she can't take it, so she still has to be in my, she has to do something. Anyway, uh, 
doesn't like my style. I, what I know, she hasn't said anything, but I can tell by her attitude, she doesn't like the way I did I, I did with the kids. Because I just, the ones in middle school now, I just, the way I came in, they love me. And she's more like the soup Nazi or something, you know. Hurry up in my, she's just real, she's awful. She's, she's all right to the ones she likes, but the ones she can't deal with. Mind you, this, I just said, I just started this week, this is the third day of school. She's already, so it's one little cat. You got to deal now. Keep in mind, I don't know if I said this earlier, this is a special need. So it's like maybe 12 kids in the class, 13 maybe, and they're not all here. They're sporadic. So anyway, the one little boy, he not playing. He's always, I, I like him. I like the way his mom makes his lunch. So I always like, I'm like, no, she's not perfectly cutting the crust. So he said, I can just tell. And it looks like somebody's, I don't know who's the Negro, but somebody's Negro. I don't know who his mom is. I don't know how it is yet, but she's the single parent you know, with him. He acts out whatever his disability is. I have no idea because I don't have a VIP on him. But apparently they didn't do any studying either of these children or anything before class starts. They just going to figure it out. So he screams. It's the way you have to deal with him. No one wants to listen to me. Now, mind you, when I got in there, he made a big announcement about how I am the one from the other class. Well, nobody knows him. I'm talking about in the after school program for the mean Arabian lady. Uh, she uh, knows him from the after-school program because she works that, too, because she works 15 hours, right, because her kids don't have nothing else to do. So she like that. So she already, so she's the after-school program, but that's not academic. That's the after-school program. So that's nothing. They're just playing around or whatever, and that's it. This is class. So she's already yelling at him and telling him this and doing little things to make him even more angry. He's slamming dead, breaking pencils. So... The head, the head of special needs came in today. You know, I'm so rude. I treat her like any other Asian teacher, so I can't recognize her, but I recognize her back because she came yesterday, too. And um, she's coming for the little boy that I have because apparently someone's called an attorney or something. And I'm getting bits and pieces of what's really going on because I have to know so I can know what to do. So I get it now from the Arabian lady. She's told spilled all the beans. So now I get what's going on with the one I'm working for. So anyway, the one that's causing the most scene is the one they don't let, because they had their own, the Arabian lady, just leave him alone, let him do that, no, he's going to do this, no, he's going to wait, no, I got him, and even if the teacher's saying something, she's, no, you know, and he's real suave, smooth, instructor, he, you know, just go with the flow, Caucasian male, uh, kids with uh, a non-black, non-white, woman and um <clears throat> he he's real chill so she's like she takes over as far as disciplinary or something and she's real and you know i'm a little more different because i can't come in like that they're not even my children so because i'm so different she's she don't like me and i it works right so with the dude i know how to work with him and she want to come in no leave him alone okay no problem so then it's like well you know um if you got any tips, you know, you know, because we're working together. Oh, are we? Because the head of special needs came in there, and then when she's in there, the little boy's acting out, breaking pencils, you know, but they escalated it. It didn't have to get escalated like that if you would allow me. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but if you would allow me to do what I'm telling I know. you. It's a way you could get the job done without 
terror. Everybody responds differently. You don't have to terrorize them to get. No, you're gonna do this about this. He's not. He don't care. He's gonna wow, ah, break pencils, slam tables, blah blah blah, cry, scream, hit his head, hit stuff, scream, 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 scream to the top of the lungs. And the um, Arabian lady can't take that stress. That's too much pressure. She can't take it. She's about to lose her mind. So she's showing it. So she told the little boy in front of the uh, head of special needs, "Would you be quiet? My God!" And so. Uh, I looked up a little to see, you know, just to see, and I looked back down because I'm doing what I'm doing with the person I have, and uh, she ends up eventually leaving, but um, her patience is thin, so the teacher before, his teacher before, you know, the last school year, I was talking to him outside, and then he's like, uh, he asked the teacher, the regular teacher, we were all outside waiting for the kids to go home, and he said, do you need any help? Uh, any pointers on, you know, that boy, and um, he said, yeah, he said, yeah, I said, I don't, they do. I said, they definitely would, uh, a cheat sheet or anything would definitely help them, because I don't need pointers. So, uh, I mean, I'm only saying that because it's not going to help. It's, it's going to, it's, uh, it's awful. And if you can nip it in the, but it's a way you could deal with them, because I, he's screaming earlier. The lady's making them scream. The teacher's not really doing anything because she's like, no, we got to do it like this. We got to wait. We can't just give in. We can't give in. It's not about giving in. It's another way. You redirect. It's another way to do it. So I just watched. I just watched a disaster. But I couldn't take I didn't want him going through that stress. At the end of the day, he already had a stressful whole day with us dealing with her. So I told him, I said, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? Because I'm just coming in from my lunch too. So I said, what's going on? Oh, what are you What are you supposed to do? And he's like, that. I said, oh, you're only supposed to put that? I was like, well, let's do this. And she's like, no. I was like, I got them. So I let him. He just did it. He was over. And we were done. No crying. He got to get what he wanted. That was it. But she's going to say, I said, I think this is my last year to do it. I can't do this. I got to do something different. And she's like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, I have to do something different. I got to do something. I got to I don't know. I gotta figure something else. And then she gonna say, "No, we can just stay here. You know, we can come up with something together. You know, we can <laughs> we can we can come together and create our own thing to help these kids. So we gotta help these kids. We can, we can do it together. Cause she's gonna use me with my swab and finesse, and um, she's gonna be the brains and all that. She owns all the oil, and I'm just gonna uh, well, she's gonna be the face of it, and I'm gonna." But she's going to say it's all her idea. And, yeah. But I'm not going to do that. But I like that because she's thinking all this other stuff. I would never deal with her. I can't trust her. But it's just interesting how all this stuff is. And this is the first week of school. Yay. No monkey pox. All right. I'll meet my line. Thanks, caller. Thank goodness. No monkey pox. Hey, um, your mom. Much obliged. She said they cheered. Oh, my goodness. Woo! I remember her. Worked with her in the other class. Woo! Oh, my gosh. They hate that. They hate that. Like, uh, I think especially in a school-type environment, when you have, like, other teachers where they can see you, and it's, like, known, like, oh, the kids just absolutely love you, and they respond. Like, it's not like you just let them run wild and eat, you know, candy and chocolate cake all day long. Uh, they actually are getting work done, you know, constructively and, and behaving or whatever it is, you know, whatever the context is. Oh, my 
gosh, like same thing what we talked about where if you, you know, are competent, if it's not a school type setting, a lot of times for black people, you know, work setting and white people find like, wow, this is a smart, competent, punctual, courteous black employee and everyone likes them. Uh, I hate their guts. <laughs> like we've had so many people who said they go about it. It's not. Wow. I want to hang out with them and learn. And, you know, maybe we can be buddies and work on a project. Is, let's sabotage. Do some unjust. I'm the Peggy. Peggy. Let's go out. You see this Negro? Got to get him out of here. Like, that's what it that's what it ends up being. So, I mean, the chill. Like, oh, we worked with her. And yay. I'm so glad. You Ugh. Ugh. Then the tidiness. I'm just pointing that out because we've had many, many. As I already mentioned young academic. He said the same thing. Z's mom, she called this. She said the same thing. And we these folks are like in different parts of the continent. <laughs> like Z's mom is in California, but she's in, you know, different area. Actually, that's right. She's in Southern California. She's not in the same place. That's like wide gap. And then young ac- academic opposite side of the continent. And they're all saying the same thing, going to these areas where the class is not clean, frequently with lots of non-white students, black students often. Would that be allowed if it was just going to be white students? Like, I get it if you don't have budgets for blah, 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 and all that, but you don't have a mop, a broom, custodian. They did say they got shortages with custodial staff, so I mean, but for that to be so common another thing to think about now we're going to have children the schools in our area do they have janitorial staff do they empty the trash you know at least once a week (laughs) you know I mean what are we talking about I think that absolutely hey Dr. Welsing she added to the uh, 10 stops no throwing down trash where black people live and work that impacts your brain computer both for the students and for the staff we go in and this place is all filthy and disgusting like man I don't want to be here I don't want to sit my stuff down I don't even feel comfortable it doesn't feel good how do I feel like are we valued they don't even clean this place up for us to come in and learn blame that on monkeypox and the Rona too I guess some of these many of these folks have been saying this pre-Rona though uh, the she said that the Nazi is going in and no, you got to do it this way. Nah, you can't talk. Nah, you gotta. Oh, she did tell us before these students are special needs. Why is there a Nazi metaphor in the special needs class? I just like literally minutes ago. Check your watch. I just said you are a parent. You're talking to children. What does that moron say all the time? patience with other black people like if you're ever going to be patient it's with a, I just said that if you're ever going to be patient that is not the time not just with children but with special needs children. that is not the time let me get my Joseph Goebbels on let me get my Adolf Hitler on SS like this is the way it is going to be done punishments will be handed out the gas I mean what in the special needs like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute (laughs) whoa 
Oh, this is why no black. She said this is a white war. She did say the, uh, I guess, Arab war. Even that, you're getting bits of pieces of information and trying to put it together. What is that? That, too, is so common in the workplace. Like, hey, if we're supposed to be working together again, I could understand maybe if this was corporate environment and what they call it, cutthroat, all that. I get it. We're competing against each other. I don't share anything with you and all the rest. Sabotage everybody. I got it. I check my chair for pin cushions every day. Got it. This is the special needs classroom. Why do I have to get bits and pieces of information to help these children? She says that every week. They don't listen to me. I've worked with this child before. They just met him. School year just started. They remember. You see that. I came in and saw, oh, you're back. Oh. And I'll go, hey, you got a report with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Give me the cheat. Hey, give me the cheat sheet. I'm tired of doing it the hard way. That's what they always make black people do. Give me the cheat sheet. Let's help. Let's make. And again, this is helping the cheat. This is not me. Make it easy for these children, special needs. Get more learning done. Nah. Listen to this nigga woman. Nah. Get out of here. I think that's the correct attitude, though. I'm not, whatever. Make sure my paycheck is straight. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. You're going to listen to me. You know what my credentials are. You're going to listen to me. That, 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 that. Do you know how many days I work with this child? That, 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 that. No problem. I just sit back and watch. Now, again, she said, hey, I'm concerned about the child. I want to look out for them. But I mean, hey, I got it. Nigga woman. I got it. BGM. Got it. Sit here and watch all this. I see this child. I guess he screams special needs. He has problems. That's why he's here. The Nazi. We got to do it. Do all that. She said, dang, you, you didn't even need to do that. You didn't have to escalate. Oh, yes, we do. That's why it's 85% white women. That's what we do. We escalate. Where's the panic button? He was, he's got raping tendencies. He's incorrigible. He doesn't listen. Panic button right now. That's what they do. That right there. Great explanation for why you don't have black male school psychologists or teachers or lots of things panic button <laughs> like dang each of the special needs like, panic button panic button right now all she does hey what's up man what are you supposed to be doing right now that's all it is <laughs> let's go get that you can do that and it's done check it's done five minutes that's all you needed a little <laughs> that's all you needed and she said make mad that's not the way it's supposed to be done. Again, now, none of this should be shocking for anybody, right? You're over, I'd say, over 25. Really? You're 20. You went to school. This shouldn't be shocking for you either. All of this should be thought about, talked about in depth before you get to the bedroom. No way in the world we're going to contribute to this subject our child to this before we get to the bedroom so we don't have any whoops all this was well planned to make sure our daughter our son is never in that situation 
That's counter racism being serious about solving this problem. Or we can just, you know, have another hundred years, 500 years of, you know, Nazis in the classroom yelling at your generally black sons looking at the results for another, you know, five, ten generations. Much obliged. Uh, Our black male caller, much obliged for your patience, sir. Thank you for yielding. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Gus. And, um, yeah, the report about um, the working from home, um, I thought it was interesting how they um, said that it could be a detriment to people who would like to continue working from home. Um, It would um, be detriment to their career moving up and, quote, unquote, meeting people. I, I wonder why would you need to meet someone in person to see the quality of their work? And I mean, to me, that goes back to um, uh, the toxic work environment to kind of, I guess, size people up and look them up or even uh, sexually harass them. Uh, that's what I was thinking about when, when I heard that report. Um, the report about the Amazon uh, you know, the, the workers there are being uh, harassed and pretty much terrorized on the job. Um, they spoke a lot about the confidentiality agreement. And in the report, I believe one of the uh, people said that the agreement is, is more so for um, uh, trade secrets. So what would that mean that one of the trade secrets of running a multi-million dollar industry is to have racist or have the practice of white supremacy and terrorize black people on the job? Is that how you um, make a multi-million dollar company? Because you you're not supposed to talk about it if you're called uh, nigger or something like that on the job. That was interesting to me. Um, I guess it goes back to the plantations. Um, um, and I wanted to say about the... Uh, the black um, uh, uh, psychiatrist. Um, in that report, one of the, I guess, I believe non-white people, Celeste Malone, said um, that uh, yeah, uh, It can't be reconciled. It's, it's, it can be hard to reconcile wanting to be a profession, want to be in a profession, and wanting to support kids that look like you, but then also learning more about schools, psychology, and the role that it has played in the labeling of kids. Um, I mean, it's not hard to reconcile justice. Um, if we are about, you know, making sure people are not mistreated, then that shouldn't be hard. Again, this is VGQ. That's a non-white person, but I'll just point that out. Um, the That article also said um, from another person, Shilatra, I believe the last name was, uh, when it was talking about black professionals not being in psychiatry in the schools, this person said, not just black men who are underrepresented, it's Hispanic and Asian Americans too. 
and more than 85% of public school psychologists are white women. Um, is to me, I mean, the Hispanic Asian, that's just more conflation. Um, I mean, lumping us all in together, I guess. And, and the glaring part, I guess, would be the 85% white women. And we still have black males uh, really leaving high school with either not being able to read on grade level or uh, not being prepared for life at all. Um, me included. Um, the, I guess, the first report about Kate, well, uh, no, about Grace Ketzner um, and the Michigan, uh, I guess, sex scandal or whatever. I mean, I, I kind of get real tired of hearing uh, white women complain about anything. I mean, I, I have a lot of white women that work on a job with me, and they complain about everything, and unfortunately, people cater on to their, um, their complaints, whether it be uh, changing the AC or I need my desk cleaned up. It just, they complain about everything. And uh, you're complaining about another, a fellow white person, a fellow uh, soldier uh, in your army. And... Um, the, the article also says something about um, uh, an open secret. I mean, that's odd to me because I don't know what that is. Uh, is there such things as closed secrets or halfway secrets? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's odd. And I was thinking, uh, the Grace Kessner, I don't care what's going on with you. I mean, you are a co-conspirator in the worldwide system of racism and white supremacy. You are in the best position to dismantle this system if you want to, if you wanted to. But, you know, if you really are upset at, you know, the white man and being objectified and, uh, I guess, sexually harassed and raped and everything else that happens to you, so what? I mean, you could tear this down right now. So bump what you're talking about. I mean, and with that, I'll mute my line. Thank you for taking my call, Gus. No sympathy for Ketchner. Dang. Dang. Mm, mm, mm. Context of white supremacy. Much uh, much obliged for sharing. I think a number of folks have uh, seen that in the work environment where everyone caters to the gripes and complaints of individuals who are classified as white, uh, Ketzner included. Like, uh, I've seen that myself where they get to complain about all kinds, where we just talk, can't even get the classroom cleaned. Can't even get the class, special needs classroom cleaned. Why, what, my, uh, nameplate needs to be buffed. Oh, we'll get right on that. It's drafty. Can we get the t- We'll get right on that. <laughs> dang. Dang. We just wanted to. Can we get the trash and the toilet cleaned at the school? <laughs> White women. Uh, I do. Not that I encourage empathizing with white people, white women especially. That is a big part of the problem. But man, that sexual harassment is widespread in the workplace and lots of non-white people, you know, experience that too. Be that as it may. Uh, the segment about the working from home, 
we do have, uh, I guess, you know, they've said so-called white collar that uh, disproportionately white people uh, over the course of the pandemic, three years, I guess now of that have been the ones who've been hanging out, working at home. I think that's true from what I've seen as well. Uh, we do have some non-white people who worked from home for a portion uh, and even some of them have still been working from home, uh, either for the entire time or a good chunk uh, of, you know, all of this since it started way back when in 2020. Uh, I have seen reports uh, way before today, like years ago, I think, where they were talking about people who work from home. It might jeopardize your career where you might not get promotions. They might say that this, you know, this is not management material. Same thing that you, you know, were raising like what? Being here to meet someone in part like what? And they raised some of the same points that you did. Now, I don't think they said the sexual harassment, part, but the micromanage and be all in your business and all of that. Now, they did say that they think that that is a big part of it because it's hard to manage people if you're at home. Like, that's why they got all this invasive surveillance of people's computers and that sort of thing uh, for some people, many folks. Uh, but yeah, they said that they think that's a part of it. Like what you said, like, hey, if the work is getting done, it's on time. The quality is still there. What's the, you know, we're doing the meetings, phone, Zoom, whatever it is. What's the big deal? Uh, and I don't know what you would be missing out on either. Now, I mean, some people even I think I played because we've been talking about this for three years now. Some people have said that they miss the. Uh, hanging out they like the happy hour they like the uh, water cooler or whatever it is we get to hang out and talk a little bit about whatever and it's you know it's just not the same dude uh, being on the zoom computer and all that sort of thing and being on the screen and you got to hope they got their pants zipped and all the rest of it it's just not the same I have not really been in a whole lot of work environments where that was the case anyway <laughs> like we hung and I mean hey for reals I do not encourage any of that. <laughs> you should be focused on work, not happy hour. So we can go and have Judge Farah. Hey, let's uh, go get some drinks. And uh, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> let's just get the work done. Keep your hands to yourself. With now, I'm not even a big fan of the the Zoom stuff and all that. Like I said, you got to make sure people are dressed and. All the rest of I'm not a fan of that either. So, I mean, hey, let's just focus on the work. We're not here for anything else, not to socialize and make friends and have people that you could hang out for barbecues and invite to your wedding. Like, please, <laughs> like this is just for work. But that's and even as you said, they said in the report, I think it was women should have been white women, women and people of color who would be penalized from all of this. I don't even believe that. I don't think white women will be penalized for working from home. I think it that would be the excuse that'll be used for non-white people. Uh, and incidentally, they didn't go grab a white woman in this report to talk about their experience of working from home and people giving you the kind of side eye, uh, you don't come in anyway, don't want to be around. Uh, we'll remember that when it's raised time. Like they went and got Neaton, uh, Buhidraj, Buhidraja make sure I'm saying it right. See, even that. See, see, see. But it's Neaton Buhidraja. 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 There we go. Buhidraja, I believe. 
this is a non-white person, I think. I don't think with a name like that and the way that he looks, looks like he has enough melanin, I don't think he'd be accepted as white. They get him as this person to be talking as, man, this might be a problem. Might grease up the ladder to my success, as they say. That is what I would expect for non-white people. If it's a white woman, white man, gay, old, LGBTQI, whatever it is, uh, if they're working from home and doing the work, (laughs) we got incompetent carry, man. Rest in peace. She's not supposed to be mentioned anymore. But our female caller who's dialed in all those times, you got white people who don't even do any work. And they get to hang on and hang out and all the rest of it. So how in the world are they a part of the corporate corporate culture to have lazy, shiftless white people and to have a non-white person who, okay, so they're at home. They show up for the Zoom meeting. They're zipped and not doing anything inappropriate. Jeffrey Tubin, And they do their work. What's the problem? White supremacy, racism. Anywho, much obliged, sir. Uh, let's see. For a nab other callers, make sure I get our emails uh, until justice at gmail dot com. Uh, all of this work from home is all under COVID-19 anyway. That's what started all of this. Uh, one of our investors writes in greetings to Gus callers and listeners uh, questions pertaining to COVID, an aggressive person and a person being anti-black. My workplace continues to require everyone to wear masks indoors. How wacky. Uh, patients who come in or a patient who comes in with COVID or with COVID symptoms of COVID uh, will still be treated by the nurse if required. I would gown up, which basically means I will have complete personal protective equipment on, i.e. a bonnet, gown, gloves, face shield, Google, Google's goggles, sorry, <laughs> goggles and an N95 mask. Google took over everything. Uh, but I usually double mask right on after the interaction. I clean up the area with sanitizing wipes. The patient will basically interact with me and no other staff members directly. Other staff members could elect to have a virtual meeting or meet with patients in a larger room and social distance. Next, someone is aggressive. I would step back and ask them what they want to do if something I could help with then I would try to help this is with someone being kind of aggressive in the workplace and how you try to help de-escalate uh, with anti-blackness in the workplace man we talked about that ton even today Coonan uh, anti-blackness being performed against her she says uh, I would report it and ask for an investigation I would not get into anyone anyone's face or accuse anyone I'll report what I see, i.e. memes or anything like that, and I will ask to investigate. I would ask, why was it produced? Ask if this is appropriate use of work time. Excellent question. Because they do a lot of this stuff like constructing it. I know we had uh, a caller in Florida at the courthouse. He was talking about, uh, it was a, a victim of racism, black female. I think he... Uh, put like a potato or something in the microwave uh, and it uh, burned. She just forgot about it and then it burned, set off the fire alarm, whatever. And they made this like big to do and started uh, harassing her, calling her Bernadette. That's not her name. And then they put this big thing in the news uh, letter 
Uh, and it was all this, you know, to all my teeter tops and, you know, I yams what I am and blah, blah, all this like, are you serious? You took work time to do this? All targeting to harass and mock a black employee like for real? Yes, all of that. Is this an appropriate use of workplace time and energy? She continues, workplace racism. I walked into work on a Monday morning and it was warm and humid in the building. I heard the temperature alarms in the nursing station go off. What are temperature alarms? Oh, okay. Keep <laughs> Sorry, dumb Gus. These alarms are set to help monitor the temps in the room. Oh, okay. Duh. Uh, this is due to maintaining medications stability. Oh, okay. Still learning. I asked a non-white Hispanic female clerical person who knows how to adjust the temps and has a key to access the thermostat to adjust the temperature. Wow, oh my God, we just talked about that. So let's see. They say, oh, yes, ma'am, right on it. Yes, ma'am, let's see what they do. They say she became angry and started yelling that she just walked up to the front of the building. She used profanity as well. Mm, mm, mm. You can take <laughs> Well, that is immediate contrast for you. Wow. She continues. I said, I'm asking you to adjust it when she has a chance. And then I stopped talking and walked away. Excellent. My other coworker was a witness of this and signaled to me not to engage as well. Excellent coworker as well. I didn't plan to engage. My code is not to yell or engage with a person that's upset. Bravo. I was planning to walk away. My supervisor, a white female, I inform her of the temperatures and the conflict it created, which did not make sense. She asked her to give the key to another victim, another non-white Hispanic female that assists in patient care, and she no longer will be asked to adjust the temperatures. Conflict ended there now see that white person has the ability to solve this permanently now you never have that that's what you want in any situation like efficiently as possible I don't want to have to sit here you don't talk to me like that who do you think you are I will bust you up I take a few deep breaths she said I minimize contact I get my feet moving in the opposite direction I make a report and we still got the temperature problem medical malpractice I think they call it we still got the temperature problem incidentally she pointed it out brilliant code so she's supposed to pick out these things she pointed it out she said man this doesn't even make sense I didn't come at you Kurt. hey Winch, get over there. Temperature, winch. Get over there and adjust the temperature right now. She didn't say that. She didn't say I came in and hollered at her and called her names and cursed at and all that. Ma'am, could you adjust the temperature when you have a chance? They got a Nazi at the hospital too, right, I guess. This is one of those, if you had been white, talking to our investor who wrote this, if you were a white woman, what did the caller who just wrote it? He said, those white women come in on the job. Oh, my God, it's cold in here. Oh, yes, ma'am. We'll get it right away. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
we would you wouldn't have been writing about this. We'd have been moving on to talk about something else. Anything like that where you're just like, this doesn't even make sense. Why is this, you know, <laughs> this doesn't even warrant this much of a response. That is white supremacy racism. And this would be it. Well, I guess if you think this is a white person, you said so-called Hispanic. This is, you know, if you think it's a non-white person, anti-blackness. If you think it's a white person, racism, white supremacy, either way, incorrect, totally unjust, anti-black, get back all over the world. Continuing. Uh, she asked her. Oh, did get conflict into there i continue to be courteous to her despite this event bravo and that takes a lot of discipline and maturity always be courteous i have to interact with her and after this and it's only about workplace things i do not engage her in any other conversation i met with a patient black male born in the region called haiti oh no no count get him out of here right now anyway uh, to discuss his goals for the year. He is a person who states that the voice of God and Jesus Christ speaks to him while he walks on the street. He also sees God or Jesus Christ on the street. I inquired about his goals and he stated God will solve his problems so he does not have to do anything. He stated that he believes God would send him back into the world as a white person so he could be the son of God. I inquired about why he needs to be white. He said the son of God is white like Jesus Christ. I'm just pausing. (laughs) This is so phenomenal where I just said this is exactly what I just said. Someone talks, you don't get an attitude and what in the hell? Oh my Lord. What did you say? I came in a new. Wow. Why do you need to be born as white? Hmm interesting you're just asking quite i'm just trying to get an understanding here that's all we just heard this one i was thinking the whole time keys to the colors like that'd be one but we just heard this where someone said like jesus christ that was joseph christopher he just said he was talking to the child before he got to the these are bricks for hurling at negras he said my name it's joey christopher JC, like Jesus Christ. Everybody knows JC is a white person. Gotta be white to be JC. Anyway, like Jesus Christ. I asked, is God always, I asked, does God always allows black people to be the son of God? He said he does. Then I asked him, why does he need to be, why does he need to change colors? He was unable to answer that. Hmm. I got an email from the education and training. Guess what I had to complete? Diversity training videos. Oh, what a lark. The video was accessed on the internet and it was a training done individually, thankfully. I completed it, but all the verbiage, i.e. implicit bias, microaggressions, race relations, and the conflation of diverse groups two times today that word conflation was so confusing that is the purpose and i got this from the white privilege conference if you look up one of the definitions for uh confusion a disumble a, a disorganized or jumbled mass 
things just tossed together. That is also noun confusion, one of the definitions. Conflation, those C words, conflation, confusion. Uh, let's see. I also noticed the person who leads, who led the discussion, was a white female once again, and the people who presented the information were black female. Hmm. They like to put black people in front when it comes to these con- uh, discussions. Mr. Fuller calls that racial showcasing or racial showcasing confusion. That word again. These training, uh, the tre- this training was due to the previous medical director who made an inappropriate comment on Twitter about a black female model. Oh, I remember that. He was talking about, yeah, we talked about that before, yes. Uh, still suffering for a person that's gone. Oh, and she has the face palm. That happens so frequently. I think that was similar to the some sexual commentary in there too on top of the racism. Anyway, I met with my white female supervisor for our bi-weekly meetings. She informed me that I will be labeled as the head nurse. She said this title does not come with a pay increase, of course. She said I've already taken a leadership position. I do not see myself as a leader and am a victim spoke person she told me that the head of our service black female plans to inform me about this soon i asked about how we can be sensitive about sharing this information with my co-worker black female and also classified as hispanic she's a senior nurse and may feel like she's not appreciated i honestly do not care about this title if it doesn't come with a pay increase i would not either she also mentioned that I could put this title on my resume. I mean, I guess you can do that, but eh, always look to add, you know, things to your resume. But I mean, really, uh, I don't plan to leave the state. I can virtually never be fired due to the union. I have a pension and access to health care after retirement. I can also retire in my mid to late 50s. No other job offers this. I have questions. Should I tell my black female coworker about this? Or should I let the white female supervisor tell her what would be the best words to use to help her understand that this title is meaningless? Thank you in advance for the suggestions. Uh, wow. Uh, great code, by the way, walking away, not engaging, uh, going directly to the white person who can solve this problem in five seconds. And I mean, permanently solve this problem about the temperature adjustments. I mean, excellent through and through. And then the maturity. I'm still going to be courteous. I'm not, buddy, I'm going to key your car every day. <laughs> like, or whatever else. Like, I'm not looking. I'm going to get back and, ooh, I'm plotting a courteous professional. Keep it moving. And we now never have to interact about the keys, or excuse me, the temperature again, which I guess did have keys. Um, hmm. Hmm. Do you tell black person? I'm still thinking about it. My initial response, folks, you know, listening, if we got anybody who has, you know, any sort of experience with this, where I guess you get picked for a promotion, title, whatever, raise, no raise, pay increase or not. And you know there are going to be some other non-white people who are going to be upset about this, that they wanted this position or title or whatever it is. So they might be upset. Could be some conflict. Um, 
and it doesn't sound like you have like a close rapport with this other victim. I could be wrong about that. I think if you have a rapport, then uh, I'd say you go do it. You can just go tell them because you can just say that. You can let them know, you know, hey, I didn't choose. The white people chose and, you know, they could take it from me tomorrow. And most importantly, it doesn't come with a pay increase. But since it sounds like you don't have a rapport, I might let the white person do it because then you can kind of gauge uh, if there's a change in behavior. Uh, it could be much ado about nothing. Maybe she doesn't care about it either. I think there was a suspicion that she might, you know, and get an attitude about all of this. Um, if it comes from the white person and, you know, she says, oh, she's, you know, going to be the new head nurse, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> she's not going to get upset at that white person. You can wait and see if she gets an attitude or, you know, whatever. She starts acting a little differently uh, towards you. You're still being courteous, speaking to her and all the rest of it. And, you know, then you can say something to her or not at that point. Um, yeah, because I'm thinking like so if you talk to her and then she gets upset there, then that kind of defeats the whole point of this in the first place. I wouldn't do the conversation unless I had a rapport. I guess that's what I'm thinking thinking on it is if we didn't have a a rapport me going to bring this up they could get mad then which would defeat the whole point of going to talk to them or they could still you know be upset about it and you know change how they interact with me communicate with me or how we work together in the future uh so i might just let the white person tell them and then see you know how things go from there if i need to make an adjustment at all might just be and you know she's over it in a few seconds and then we can move on Maybe she realizes it too. Yeah, this doesn't come with a pay increase. So, you know, big deal. Uh, If other folks, if you think uh, if you think it would be better to go ahead and talk to this victim yourself, what would you say? What do you think would be the best way of presenting that you got this title? If you do not have a rapport with this victim to, to as best you can minimize conflict so that they know, hey, white people this is not my title this was not my decision they chose and you know they could change their mind the end of the work day so you know (laughs) whatever (laughs) we we're still on the plantation yes yes right on let's get back to work uh what what do you all think would be the best way uh to talk to this person to make sure that everything remains harmonious in the workplace if uh you were going to do it that way uh if you think it'd be better to just let the white person do it Let's hear that, too. Uh, Do folks have thoughts, suggestions? Number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. We got folks got their own situation. You can let us uh, share, let us know. And then if we have folks, if you have suggestions, if you've been through this sort of thing uh, and you've seen like, okay, this is this is how going through that, having been through that situation. This was the best way uh, that I got through. This is what I did. What would your recommendation be? Do you think it'd be better to let the white person do the explaining of this? Or do you go and what do they say? Be preemptive. Talk to this victim in advance. If you don't have rapport, I think that was part of it. No rapport with the victim. Do you go chat? We'll see if folks have thoughts to share. Uh, either or, let's see.
seeing folks spectating, pondering. We'll see. Folks are doing spectacular uh, in terms of uh, spectating. If you are not having any of these problems, nobody looks at you sideways working from home and or you go, you know, into work and it's safe. You get all of your raises no harassment you don't have any problems either with any non-white co-workers about raises promotions and scrapes over that sort of thing let us know how did you accomplish this 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate not for spectators uh, again, let's see, because uh, and especially folks, when victims are requesting input, you don't even have to have a situation yourself. That's when we can all just use our brain computer and figure out what would be the best logical response for solving a problem without creating new problems in this context. Let's see, I get in one more email while folks are uh, spectating or processing, getting their thoughts together. Different person. Uh, she writes in. Uh, matter of fact, parch. Make sure I swallow. We've had minor uh, summer weather in Seattle for like a few days, seven days or so. Uh, it's been in the 80s. Shocking. In fact, it was so hot. Gets over 80 degrees. The library close to where I reside shuts down. They don't have AC. Most of the places in Seattle do not. Many of the most of the houses. Same thing. Or I said it correctly the first time most of the houses uh, and even many of the public spaces some of the libraries even public libraries do not have AC because generally it's not very warm in Seattle so gets over 80 degrees oh my god we're all gonna melt we gotta shut down <laughs> everything like it is anyway a uh, different person writes in uh, it's been a week filled with a lot of workplace racism so much I need to write it about over a few broadcasts. Yikes. I wrote last week about Carrie already mentioned and my racist manager putting meetings in my diary when I've blocked out slots to either focus on work or when I have other meetings. Let me be specific. When I have blocked onto training or booked, excuse me, when I have booked onto training, you mentioned coordinated sabotage and you are correct. I said my manager was being disingenuous disingenuous when she acknowledged she was guilty of disregarding meetings already in my diary. I also said I fully expect it to happen again. I was right. That discussion happened on Thursday. My manager took leave on Friday. On Monday, she continued with her racist actions by putting a meeting in when I had blocked time to attend an event. What she had forgotten was that our director had asked me to go to the event. So I emailed her and explained the situation and asked her which one I should attend. She was not going to challenge my director. She emailed back saying I should attend the event and that it was a great idea. Then blamed the double booking on the person we were due to meet a non-white black female who is in another team. This is absolute nonsense, 
So I made no comment. They always find a way of blaming a black person. We just read about that in Joey 22 as well. Always blame a black person. How was it her fault? Did she book the meeting? You know, I'm just saying. (sighs) Anyway, uh, the meeting with the non-white, non-black female happens weekly. My racist manager put the meeting in at the time I'm due to meet with the non-white black female who allegedly reports to me. This meeting is one of two meetings to cover her well-being following the false accusation they both concocted claiming I do not care about her well-being. I think double booking me is my racist manager's way of telling me she wants me wants the meeting to stop without actually saying it. I end up rescheduling those meetings. I'll stop when she actually tells me to. Now that's you know, even that, that sabotage and that if all of this is like some collusion directly, indirectly where she is encouraging the non-white female to hey you know you don't care about me and you know I have problems and I'm sick or whatever and you don't check on me and and all of this you know what she said is not even true uh, unless she just wants you know hey you know when I tell you that I'm not dressed and I don't have any clothes on you don't come and giggle with me and all this other you know inappropriate stuff for the workplace um, but I think the white supervisor by doing this double book at the time where she would be meeting with this other victim it's that it can be the same thing where, oh, if I have to reschedule her meeting, see, she doesn't care about you. Look how she just boots you to the curb. You're always supposed to meet Tuesday afternoon. And then she go, oh, no, now I got to reschedule it. You know this. You sabotage the whole thing. <laughs> that's that's why I have to reschedule. So it is all of that blaming it on the black person, all the different ways conflict where black people can find ways of being in conflict with another black person as opposed to nope the person who's responsible for all of this white people she continues my racist manager and I met face to face for the first time on Tuesday as we both went into the office we had our half hour meeting scheduled to discuss a project I am working on she decided to try and gaslight me asking how I'm feeling as I had said I was tired and she wasn't sure if I was okay when the issue of double booking meetings had come up. I mentioned being tired on the th- on the Thursday when we had our regular one-to-one meeting which is where we discuss issues including well-being. However, I was very careful. What I said to her as I knew she would attempt to use it in evidence against me at a later date. I brought the conversation back to the mistreatment that had taken place, not my reaction to it, letting her know that I always check diaries before putting appointments in and that the non-white black female needed to be there as the project lead. That shut the matter down. That sort of thing happens so well or so frequently where it'll be a a non-white person who is the lead and they will sabotage and do things and schedule when that person is not even present or schedule and do things when they're not a part of the decision making at all. And they do this uh, same thing deliberately. 
all of this undermining and then sit back and act like, oh, I don't know. Do you know anything? See if we can blame that on a black person too. She continues, uh, but that is a great job. Uh, and uh, again, efficiently, that's what we want to do. Efficiently solve these problems without having to use a lot of words and extra meetings and everything as quickly as possible. Bam, shut down, bam, shut down. Problem solved, on to the next task. She continues, she took more leave today and is away on Monday. She still rarely works a full week and doesn't work very hard when she is in the office. I had picked up a project which incompetent Carrie had started and somehow got out of. We've had lots of requests from senior managers that are related, making the project even more complicated. I emailed my racist manager asking for clarification after she sent me a very confusing email. That word again. I make errors, but her grammar is atrocious. And lazy. Now that is something like, I mean, mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know, like a white man or really manager period. You can take that off. But I mean, really like to have someone in position of management where they get accused of having atrocious, not just atrocious grammar, lazy grammar. Like to the point where it is disrupting communication for duties and tasks like are you serious yes <laughs> but I mean wow that is a whole new level of white welfare I think they said they had a fellow at the courthouse in Florida who was incompetent and didn't know how to talk to people that is a whole different level of I don't know how to talk to people. I, as your manager, I can't even write you a competent, grammatically correct report explaining what I would like you to do. That, woo. that too is what domination looks like, that you can have that sort of thing all over and generations of that sort of thing. Staggering. She continues. Uh, She also attaches emails to unrelated correspondence and expects people to work out the obscure link she has made in her head. My email wasn't rude. However, her response was basically abusive, angry. An accusatory. That is the white woman. In fact, I think that is the low self-esteem white woman who knows I, too, am incompetent, just like Carrie. Game, recognize game. But yes, I think that's why, like, oh, God, this is kind. Particularly if you, competent, brilliant, in four, like, oh, God, that is the worst in the world. Like, I'm just some lazy race soldier. Oh, I can't even spell right. No count niggers. She says, uh, her response was abusive, angry, accusatory, the alliteration, and incorrect to make it worse, the non-white black female who allegedly reports to me was copied in. Now, 
I am aware they have inappropriate conversations about me, but usually not in my presence. In this instance, by email, I didn't respond. Later that afternoon, she did her usual tacky apology in the online chat, stating, sorry if she is unavailable or short with anyone in emails. This was in the general team online chat and didn't have my name in it, so I didn't acknowledge it. And I think she said, too, isn't this the little tacky platform where it like evaporates into the ether like there's no records you can just go in there and say you know whatever and <laughs> you don't even have a a record of her oh, no, my my bad my bad she can't and she can't even say uh, my my bad nigga woman my my bad if i was was uh crude with you this morning <clears throat> don't you be pointing out my poor grammar <laughs> continues we have weekly directorate meetings they use the online chat to acknowledge people's achievements and recognize hard work. My research manager made a point of acknowledging incompetent Carrie, who was actually on leave this week. Again. <laughs> she gets acknowledged for hard work. Many, 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 many exclamation points. And the two white males who basically work when they feel like it. They were all individually named. She then put in a general thank you to the team, basically acknowledging the hard work I have been doing, but without mentioning the me specifically. The others liked the message. I ignored it. Nothing gets individualized to the nigra except complaints, accusations, blame, mistreatment. We had weekly we had my weekly one-to-one -one meeting in the afternoon. It was an awkward meeting as she obviously realized I was ignoring her tacky online chat messages and I was not going to make her feel comfortable mistreating me. I wasn't rude. I kept the meeting work focused and had lots of questions for her to answer. I do not want her fake praise or any other kind that's not linked to money. That's show me the nickels the euros something rugs <laughs> krugers like something like other than that i don't want the oh you we got a tacky button for you to pin on your collar or something or we want to take a picture so we put it in the newsletter thank you got my other questions to ask thank you kindly let's just keep it moving give you some tacky award on your desk that's all probably also grammatically incorrect where they probably misspelled your name on purpose uh, let's see I'm actively looking for other roles in the organization I love it I love it I love it updating the resume and keeping it moving <laughs> like at least at least maybe I get on a plantation where uh, I can minimize the mistreatment and have a manager colleagues who can use correct grammar can dream at least that is what domination looks like folks anywho uh, much obliged uh, for the email email address again until justice at gmail dot com until justice at gmail dot com the number 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. 
press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, we have our caller or, or listener wrote in. She wants to know uh, if you get picked, white people choose you. Bang! We're going to give the the title to you, even though it doesn't come with a pay increase or anything, but you get the title. Uh, and you know some other non-white people might be upset about this they may have wanted this title or, or whatever the case so you want to try to minimize conflict as best you can if you do not have a rapport with this non-white person victim of racism do you think it would be best you to talk to this person yourself and let them know that you got the position and you know white people chose you whatever uh, or do you think it would be best to let white people give them this information and then you know see even see how they're going to react respond and then deal accordingly if anybody has dealt with this sort of scenario and or uh, you have an opinion about what would be the best way to minimize conflict between the non-white people in this uh, situation here work environment let us know star six one uh, certainly if you've experienced anything like even I guess if you've been on the, on the other end right so if you you were competing for the same job or position or whatever it is and you didn't get it different non-white person you know got the position or what have you and you were the one <laughs> that was upset uh, it, how did you get through did you, you talk it out with the non-white person uh, did it just, you know, take a little time and then you let it go? Did you realize counter racist logic set in? Like, oh, wait a minute, that victim didn't make the choice. White people made that decision. So, yeah, if I'm going to be upset with anybody, I'll be upset with white people, not this victim of racism. We got any folks you can let us know again. I've had a little, I told you my initial response reaction was I would let the white person tell them if you don't have a rapport and then even see because they might not even have a response or it might not be that big. They might not even have a significant change in how they behave with regards to you in the work environment. So I'd let white people tell them they're the ones who made the decision and then just see, you know, how they behave. If it's no problem, then we don't even need to make any adjustments. We just move forward, keeping it courteous and professional. Probably be different if I had report, then I would talk to them. Uh, let's see. Uh, other folks. Uh, with us, our caller 2899 uh, should be with us. I'll look out for other hands as well. Hi, Gus. Uh, good evening. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, I've been in a similar situation, um, you know, not necessarily where I was, um, you know, uh, we another person of color or a non-white person were competing for a position, but I've been in a situation where I knew that I had got a promotion. Um, and, you know, I knew other um, non-white coworkers, you know, in different uh, areas. And for me, um, even when, let's say, I've just been interviewing, I would have to agree with you. I would think the best way to... Um, for that information to get out is to, you know, let the white people <laughs> bear the burden because, um, as you said, you know, they're the one who made the selection, you know, let them be the one to, you know, make the announcement um, because I, you know, and I know this is all due to the system of white supremacy. I've been in situations where I've gotten, you know, a promotion or, you know, a, a new job and, um, you know, I let it come out through the white person's channel, you know, first. But, um, you know, when my other, you know, non-white 
I won't even call them colleagues. Uh, they work in different departments. You know, they would hear about it, and, you know, they would be a little upset or, you know, you know, kind of wondering why I did not share that information with them. And, you know, I just look at it at the overall big picture of being, you know, uh, professional and being able to, you know, um, you know, not divulge information because, you know, you could go and, you know, in the system, you can go and say, hey, you know, they picked me for the job, and, you know, you tell your non-white colleagues, and, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, in the system of white supremacy, anything can happen. You know, they could decide to retract that offer for some reason, and then, you know, you've got to deal with, you know, you've already kind of spilled the beans and shared that information, and, you know, they're going to share it with other people. And I would, you know, like I said, let it um, officially come from the, white person that's how i've handled it and i think that would be the uh best way to do it and i also wanted to share um i wouldn't say it's a situation but there's another um there's a non-white male in a different division and you know i think um you know because sometimes you know you report to someone who is um at a higher managerial level uh, than he than he is and um i was you know, asking him, you know, I'd been at the office for a while and, you know, to, you know, have my, you know, name, or, you know, put there because at this point it was just blank and he was kind of in charge of that and he just kind of, you know, basically was giving me a hard time. Um, and in my opinion, I think sometimes people in non-white position, uh, non-white people think people who are, and I'm not in an authoritative position, but I guess by proxy because you have a um, you know, a, a boss who's a director, you know, they uh, feel like you're, um, I guess, pushing them around or, you know, so I've had to be very uh, cognizant, you know, of that and, you know, not, you know, I, you know, just making, you know, for example, if I would have been a white woman, I would have said, hey, you know, could you get my, you know, such and such, you know, done, just making a request. You know, through a proper channel, not being rude. I know that it would have been, you know, done, um, you know, in a uh, reasonable time. But, you know, because I was non-white and, um, you know, I kind of got a bit of a pushback. But back to the to- back on topic, um, I would uh, let it go through the uh, white people's channel and let them make the announcement because, as far as you know, you can go and, you know, tell your colleagues and they could retract it and then you're left trying to figure all of that out. And uh, with that being said, I will mute my line. Thank you for listening. She didn't get to tell them, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a valued employee, man. I was going to walk out of this place and lead them in the wind, man, get my cardboard. Well, I don't even have a cardboard box because I don't have a whole lot of crap piled up on my desk. So, you know, <laughs> I don't even need to. But I was out of here resignation and everything i was in the wind they came and got me like whoa 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 you are not just another nigger on the plantation you are valued whoa hang out we want you to stay what can we do to keep you polish my name place she didn't even go and talk to him like that although she could because that's true what i just said context of this whole here discussion or yeah it is the context we were talking about that last week last week too in fact that is the context because i said california delineating black employees i said hmm scratch my beard hmm what problem are they trying to solve is this to promote conflict between victims of racism 
non-white people. They do a lot of that. They've been so successful. Just that. Same thing we've talked about repeatedly. Male caller said that at the very beginning of the program. White women come in anything. The light bulbs are dusty. Yes, ma'am. Right on it. Get them dusted right now. Anything they need. Hop on it right now. I just come in, didn't get rude, didn't curse at him. What? Name like what? What do you who who do you think you are? I got to drop what I'm doing to come in like, oh man. Woo! Like I'm just Uh, pardon, ma'am, can we get the temperature adjust? I am not gonna get the filth flooring temperature. Who do you think you are, filth flooring to come in here and tell me but That there is what domination looks like. Talked about that. You have to expect that, unfortunately, so that you do not. What? Who do you think you, you don't talk to me? Coon, you get up there and put my nameplate up right now. That is not what I recommend. Could cause more problems. You and the coon could be fired. Two coons out of here. Two coons for the price of one. Cha-ching. It is pitiful, but I mean, you just can't be surprised about that sort of thing. Keep it courteous. Keep it professional as best we can. But man, and it, it could even just be like, who is this nigga woman? Title. Once, you know, her, her, her t- name and things. Can we get this, you know, attached? I'm, I'm staying here. Member of the company. What? Think you are uppity negros. Matter of fact, Mr. Reed, he said he said his daughter on the job, she's a supervisor. He said black people found out how much she made, tried to get her fired. Now, I don't know, these could have been, you know. Some of them old black people that sneak in and they got relatives that were, you know, born in Liberia or Haiti or Brazil or someplace else. You know, I don't know. But they went and snitched. Do you know what she is making? He said the white woman came and told her. Your brothers and sisters found out how much you made. Got mad. Went around, tried to get you in trouble. He said, Mr. Reed, man, God strike me down if I'm lying on Mr. Reed and his daughter. He said, he said the white woman told his daughter, offspring, they're not your friends, which is true. I agree with I'm just, you know, (laughs) the white woman, they're not ignorant about racism, but the white woman told Mr. Reed's offspring, they're not your friends. She said, I wouldn't even call him a co-worker. system of racism. Guys, can I say something else? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, and, and you know, the and how the process went, you know, I didn't, the, the non-white male, he actually works in a different division, so the process would be, you know, I just, I spoke with my boss, and I, you know, I've been there for quite some time, you know, as I've been calling in, and I didn't have, you know, my, um, and you know, I could get fired the next day. I don't have a lot of stuff in my office, but I didn't have my name on the, uh, 
on the um, on my on my area, and you know I just went to my boss, um, and he I guess must have went through a different channel and with the black with the non-white male, and you know I think you know he may have taken that like I was um, you know you know, pushing him around when you're like, well, you know, that's the, you know, the, the, the protocol. And I'm, I'm very careful, like you're saying and you're reiterating in that, yes, you know, the realization is that we live in a system of racism, white supremacy, but you are to never under any circumstances, you know, go on a job and to think that, okay, um, you know, just because the person is, you know, non-white, you know, just because they uh, look like me, um, you know, that they're on my same side because I've seen, um, you know, a lot of, you know, plotting and I'm, you know, like, you know, I told you about my situation, you know, with my um, supervisor who, you know, I told you I'd given my resignation. I was I was just done with it. But, you know, he came around and it, um, he like he gives me a, a much more flexible work schedule. He lets me, you know, uh, you know, leave to pick up my, you know, child uh, from school, and you know, I don't go and you know show off or brag or uh, you know mention any of that because I know that I know this. You know, there's non-white and white uh, that you know watch that, and you know, I'm yes, you know, we live in a system of uh, racism, white supremacy, but you know, if like you said, if they're offering you whatever, you know, they're going to offer you and you're not having to do anything, you know, illegal or illicit, you know, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, obviously accept that because that's um, a daycare bill, you know, that I don't have to worry about. But, uh, you know, like you were just saying, never go into any job thinking that you, that people that look like you are your friend because um, uh, they definitely watch. I've even had a uh, non-white uh, female come back there and say, you know, I hear this is, I hear you're making, you know, all the money or you're making extra money and, you know, I've never divulged, you know, my salary. I don't talk about that sort of thing, but um, I won't interrupt anymore. I just wanted to add that a uh, little bit, like you said, that that can be a mistake. That can really, really be a mistake, uh, you know, trusting people, um, because they, you know, they will turn on you even if they do look just like you. Thank you. Either one of those scenarios, you can take the uh, much obliged man for the extra details. You could take the one with the uh, black male. Uh, come, you know, this is my area where I am allowed to work, <laughs> right? Uh, I'm, since I've been here, I'm hanging out. Let me go ahead and get my my name, please. Like you know, the other folks who work here, who've been here for some time, who are valued employees. You go through the proper channels. Whoever you're supposed to talk to, white manager, whatever. This is his job, you know, pushing me around. Who do you think you are going to get that? If you were classified as white, number one, we are on the plantation. That means system of white supremacy. That means individuals classified as white men, women, children. That's what they do all day long. They push us around sometimes six feet in the ground white people push him around me around you around all day long I'm sure 
it's plenty of white people on that job throughout his career but on that job we'll talk about that right now who have done way worse than ask him can you put up his nameplate please for an employee way worse I've worked with a lot of I mean they can be outside of black like can you wash my car and all kinds of crazy things like what and I mean like right now with an attitude you take the other scenario black female come hmm I hear you just making all of the money. Now, come on. I am real certain because <laughs> she just told us I was about to quit. <laughs> I'm done with it all. <laughs> I'm out of here. She just told us that it's in the archives. I'm real certain she does not have the biggest salary at this organization. I could be totally wrong. Coon of the year, I said. But I'm going to guess if I'm ready to walk out right now, put in my resignation and everything, show you who's playing. You do not make the most nickels on that plantation. That would mean it's a whole lot of people classified as white. They are making all the money. Do you go talk to them like that? You go hang out in their office, wherever they work at? Wow, Susan, I just heard you are making all kinds of money. Mm, what kind of vacation? Really? Really? Mm-hmm. I say, that's why I just mentioned Scotty Reed. He said that. He said it it's in the archives about his daughter. And I, I don't think he uh, said that his daughter had been going around boasting and bragging. Look at you, Coons. Huh. You ain't never seen. Look at that. Look at that pay stub. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that direct deposit. Look at that. Look at that. You ain't never seen that many zeros, have you, Coon? Hmm. And so she was doing that. Not that I, you know, encouraging him. He doesn't either. I'm just saying. She wasn't doing that. Where'd you even get this information? Just sit around. Now, I mean, now, really. Racists do encourage. That's where our focus is. We did talk about that. I talked about that at the beginning of the program. They encourage us to focus in that direction. But I mean, really, how they even get this information about my salary? Or even we could take that out if it's uh, she said, like, you know, they they gave her some perks, which is great. You know, if you can get out your parent, man, that's the hardest job in the universe. Being a black parent. Fine, I can get out, save me a few nickels so I can get my um offspring out of daycare. Uh, whatever give me a, full, a more uh, flexible work schedule which they have done for many many people over the last three years so, I mean big whoop that's the same thing anybody there a white person or a non-white person who wants to cop an attitude about that number one I am a valued employee that happens sometimes we understand that two hey same thing I would say if it was the other way around. You just document. So, oh, you can make allowances. Maybe I'll go and ask and they'll do the same thing for me. And it'd be the same thing. Even if they say no, I'm not mad at you. Another nigger on the plantation, the logical person who told me no. Tell her yes and tell me no. You let this nigger woman go do that. You let me go get my child too. You can be flexible for everybody. That's logical. Not sit around and... <laughs> nigga woman over here getting all the nickels on the planet are you serious yep 
That's what domination looks like too. Got to expect that. That's not, you don't go in the workplace. My brothers and sisters. Eh, eh, eh. She said they're not even co-workers. Other victims that I work with. That's also part of my logic of why I, and I think she said the same thing, so that's two. I would not tell that other victim of racism that I got this title, not you, even though it's no pay increase, even though I would have to include that, but no, I wouldn't tell him. I would let the white person tell him and then, you know, observe <laughs> and be courteous and professional and observe. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in, uh, if you have commentary to share uh, on this situation, scenario, I guess, whatever, uh, and or your own situation, feel free. May I be heard? Our caller uh, at the courthouse? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, I would like to share some reports from the last couple of days. Uh, the first two involves, um, I guess, like compliments from customers, uh, showing that they appreciate my customer service. The now the first one um, was a customer, and it was a person that I was emailing. Uh, he brought in some donuts, so you know I don't really eat any of the food or anything, but the it was centered around. Um, him liking my customer service and wanting to say thank you. And uh, down here at times, people will do that. They'll bring in things like that. Um, so I went on break, and this person got one of his uh, children to come in and say, oh, you know, we have a delivery for such and such, and they mentioned my name. But see, but when I got back, I think this person started looking around because he was doing some research on some old 1950s, uh, 60s type, you know, property records or whatever. And nobody told me that this person was coming to make a compliment, you know. And I think that was some anti-black misandry, you know, because I'm like the only guy in the department. So he was the one that came out and said it. So like, oh, you know, I appreciate I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, I didn't eat none of them donuts though, but you know, I'm like, dang, I'm thinking in my mind, at least somebody could have told me, you know. Uh but they just act like, you know, weren't really nothing at all. But see, when you when when I compare when either that same person but somebody else bring in things for other people, then, you know, I've seen them be notified. But um, I wanted to start out with that one. And the next one, it was a black male. I was helping him to make um, some copies. And it was a, in front of the Polk County white girl. 
So, you know, I was going to uh, go to the copy machine, and he's like, you know what? That's a nice guy. It's a really nice guy. He needs a raise. So, you know, I said, hey, thank you. So, you know, I try to write all that stuff down, you know, um, but especially, you know, to have a constructive interaction with another black person. Uh, my my next one was a victim uh, called me on the work phone and said that she had something to tell me. <laughs> and there was these two white women that I had just recently helped about. They were writing out a will and trying to uh, do a new property deed going from uh, the mother down to the daughter, a white mom and a white daughter. And uh, apparently it looked, it looked like they went over to the white woman over on the civil side at the front counter to verify what I was saying. And, it, you know, and she did verify what I told them. And I told them to go to Office Depot or Office Max to get those, um, those, uh, you know, pre-made deed forms or whatever. So that was a, a interesting, uh, an interesting interaction that took place. And I got two more. Um, I had a conversation with the race soldier supervisor that I, that I work under. And the reason I say that is because now, number one, you know, with the camera that we use for passports, you know, everybody was trying to figure out what it was, what was the problem. Uh, they couldn't fix it, but it, I fixed it just like that, and the camera's working. But, see, we have this wireless uh, device that goes to it that helps bring it to the computer screen for us to utilize the uh, the touchscreen technology a lot better. But it stopped working, so they put in an order for two of them, and the person and the person that does the purchasing uh, is a black female. So I was speaking to the white woman, and she says that the the two items hadn't been ordered in over two weeks. So she put in a request two weeks ago, and I guess they still hadn't ordered it, or she hadn't ordered it. And she mentioned another thing that um, they were trying to get in contact with the person that sells these cam five things, these wireless camera uh, devices. And the person would never call her back, call a black female back. So this white woman got the nerve to say it. And, I, and, she, and she is dedicated, in my opinion. She says, well, maybe we need to get, uh, she named a white person in a high position. Maybe he or I need to call. Then maybe they'll call back. So I just let, I let the person talk. And then I ask her again, like, so you're saying that either the two of you should call and then it'll, it'll get you a, a faster response. She's like, yeah, you know, because it doesn't look like anything is, Anything is happening when she calls. So she obviously like minimized her and devalued her in her own job. She's the purchaser. She's always calling people like 
So that's white supremacy um, being put uh, into into the dynamic. Well, it's already there, really. But she tried to just make it look like it was just her being a supervisor or a manager. But really, she's looking at her being a white woman uh, compared to the purchase of being a black female. Like, if she calls this person automatically, they're just going to they're gonna call you back. You know, well, hey, I guess she was trying to say, well, I'm a supervisor. Then maybe they'll just call back a lot faster. You know, because they're dealing with voices over the phone. But I just wanted to point that out. And I have one last one. There is a black judge, a black male, running for judge to replace a circuit judge upstairs um, to uh, take place next year. And I think the commercial was not made professionally. It looks like it's, uh, it has some errors or a major error in it because the audio don't even function with the video. So it's not even matching his words. Like his words isn't matching the video of him speaking. And this ad has been running like the last two weeks. And it's like, nobody could have fixed this thing, but maybe it was intentional to, uh, to disrupt and impede this black male from, getting any votes or attention and it looks like also the um the, the the white person in charge has been trying to get people to go register at the polls and help the um a person that uh works the polls to help them because I guess there's short staff over there at the supervisor of elections. Uh and other than that, that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. Sabotaging black people. Constant in the system of white supremacy. Um, Love it anytime if you get kudos from a black person uh, where they appreciate the work that you do, uh, where you're competent, efficient, treated well. Like, that is, if anything, man, let's see, do we have like a comment box or do they have the email to the supervisor or, you know, something where they can. Write that down, Black Brother. Um, yes, write that down, Black Brother. Put it in the comment box or whatever so that, yes, they can add that to my file. And when I get my next performance review, bang, you had the customer who said, that fella deserves a raise. That is a genius right there. Yes, you need to listen to him. Raise. Yes. Hefty one, too. Obese raise. That's what he said. Um, and Dr. Kanban encouraged that we do that sort of thing and uh, not just verbally let the black person know but write it down to the email something so that just what I said that they can hey add this to that person's performance review or what have you that sort of thing can keep a black person from getting fired uh, for you know a few months or what have you or get them a raise for real for real I even I'm not even just saying this I work to do this I have done this I did this at the uh, Whole Foods at 65th and Roosevelt in Seattle, a black female employee went in, got the little, cause they have a, a sheet. You can get the sheet comment box and all that wrote her name out. And I said that exactly. She deserves a hefty raise. Um, let's see now the opposite end of the spectrum. Now to do competent quality work, people come in, they need suggestions, help. That's all it is. 
People come in. I need help. Information. Can you help me? Accurate information. Help me solve my problems. Give out information. Great. I work here. They don't just let any old, you know, jigaboo, coon, as it were, come hop behind the desk and, you know, answer the phone, go to the archives, go through the records and everything. They don't just let any old coon do that, you know, even in the segregated section, apparently. White woman comes in, gets the information. She has to go to the white side and verify now this old jigaboo here now he said I can go to Home Depot and get thus and such now is this true? it is? okay she goes to Home Depot and then I got a call back in look here jigaboo I just want to say I did go over and verify what you told me and you were correct and I want to thank you ambivalent is the word that comes to mind at best ambivalent really <laughs> hang up the phone <laughs> I would rather get raise it to like hmm so basically it sounds like you normally assume black people don't know what they're talking about so I gave you the information you requested yeah but you're a negro I gotta go ask a white person <laughs> like why did you waste your time talking to me anyway you could have just went and talked to a white person to be like really that's what I'd be thinking like this is not exactly a compliment like you think black people are ignorant particularly given what we've heard today in competent carry and all the rest of it you work your thinking in life Negroes are incompetent can't trust a negro whatever they tell you, you gotta go verify with a white person okay <laughs> got it got it okay that that explains a lot what did they say less than one percent of the black psychologists school psychologists black males I get it. I get eighty-five percent of them are this heifer that called in to tell him it. Okay, that's how you got it. <laughs> I'm not stocked. I'm not shocked about any of this. I got that system of white supremacy racism, and I mean we're in Florida, so I got all of that. Why do you need to call in to let me know? I generally don't trust you, Negros, but you, Jigaboo did have accurate information and I want to thank you does not get any better than tacky now incidentally it's out of order but that right there would be another reason why no eating in the workplace even if somebody should oh man you're so great we want to bring you some donuts or whatever that I'm good. Thank you kindly. Now, incidentally, he gave us a scenario where, dang, they bring in goodies or what have you and don't even let him know. And apparently this is not the protocol. He said when this happens with other folks, they, hey, Jenny, come on through. <laughs> no way. On this one, 
you all got a pass. I'm not even mad because I wasn't going to eat any anyway. But just saying, dang, they didn't even, I didn't even get an opportunity to, oh, that, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't, (laughs) I'm drinking my water. I'm good. Again, doesn't get any better than tacky extra tacky in my opinion both ways like man which the donuts or the call hmm, hmm. I'm gonna take the call uh, the camera situation now that I, th- I was thinking what you were thinking in terms of them not responding about this whole camera if this you know black female she's calling and you know they're just not not responding for whatever reason now the white woman he said that you know she made this comment about hey you know I or the supervisor they need to call and you know get this thing done stop wasting time saying that it's a supervisor oh I think she knew what she was saying like white people are not ignorant that's one like I would have even maybe asked depending on how uppity I'd have been feeling that day question lane though like hmm why do you think they would respond to you or Bill and see you know what they say but that that is fast he even said he did get the one question in see like hmm 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 even that you think they could tell I don't know if I'd ask this but I would be thinking so you think they can tell that she's a black person over the phone they were saying you know supervised thing but I would be thinking that hmm hmm fascinating all the way around but that's what I think it was she might have been saying the supervisor thing but I think cause they, how would they even know that you're a supervisor how do they know she's not a supervisor tackiness all the way around um I don't know, like the uh, the advertisement, the black candidate, like, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, don't have a doctorate in media and audiovisual and what have you, media production, um, but it is almost 2025, and I think at this point, most people have technology on their phone, even Android, that, you know, you could get a stabilizer and could shoot pretty high quality video <laughs> that could be edited down and you know, I mean at minimum the audio and video would be in sync right? it wouldn't be all you know although I mean it's, it's that's kind of it's t- almost 2025 you know like they literally like you have children that are 10 years old who can do stable synced video that's HD who are 10 years old with their cell phone so yeah, I mean, that could what that also could be deliberate. We're not interested in seeing some negro holding this position in Florida, you know, will mess over his commercial. Even some, why did they let this person know? This candidate like, "Hey, your commercial, there's something wrong. Like if you got a, you know, updated version, make sure, you know, people get to see your best self in your commercial so you got the best chance to win this office and all the rest like really I don't know 
Uh, any other folks comments that they want to get on? We have any uh, any other opinions on uh, our caller who was talking about her scenario where uh, is that someone? Thought I heard someone. Maybe I'm. Do we I have... Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. No, that was someone else. I was waiting on whoever I thought heard, I heard that you heard also. But oh. I'll jump in real quick. So, for the uh, person, the lady that we're talking about that got the promotion with that the, the the extra title, the different title, I wouldn't um I wouldn't deal with that. I wouldn't even have a second thought about it. I wouldn't deal with that. You you can't you don't have a rapport um with her already. We already know you don't have. I mean, not, I don't mean it like that, but there is no rapport. It can't be because we wouldn't be having the discussion. Leave it alone. It, she'll see or not see. And if she asks you any questions, then that's when you can say, I don't know, I just, I just get a job or whatever. But I would never, I wouldn't approach her or anything because they could use it and say whatever. And you were, oh, I'll take it back because you harassed her about the position. The lady can even get more upset because sometimes we tend to do that as well. We'll get upset and think that you're um, uh, trying to impress us with your position. So, uh, to the um, the clip. So, uh, you did a, you had a clip about the, uh, the, the teacher shortage and um, how a lot of them um, are uh, have even resigned from this. I totally understand why. I would I, I would never be a teacher. I, to do something, but not that, because this, and it's getting even more uh, insane. And as far as the cleanliness at my school, I asked the uh, teacher if I could, I said, I have to have a cleaning routine because you guys, in January, you, the whole class was shut down for uh, COVID. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I noticed that you are like that. I said, yeah, I am like that, so can we do that? So I do have a routine, and before we leave, I, the desk wiped down. And so that's all, and um, I'll leave my line. Thank you so much. Dr. Welsing said A plus in broom, A plus in broom, no throwing down trash where black people live and work. Uh, did anybody else, since she said that wasn't her, anybody else comment they need to get in before we conclude? Maybe we were hearing things. All right. Uh, so we had three folks uh, who responded. All three uh, said, hey, they would not say anything to this uh, black person. Again, I probably have a different position if you all had some sort of rapport. But since you don't, eh, I will let white people do it and then just see how uh, she responds, if at all. It might, And again, it might not even be a big deal. You know, she might not have any response at all. And you all can just continue being courteous and professional. We will be here uh, Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Compensatory call-in. We'll review uh, what has gone on the past week or so on the plantation, uh, middle of summer 2022. Much obliged for everyone tuning in. Hope it was worthy of your time and energy. Hopefully we gave out some, you know, constructive, logical suggestions 
uh, ways of thinking about things in the workplace. Sobriety would be best. Certainly, if you're out and about having fun for the summertime, great. Still want to be logical, not putting yourself in positions for unnecessary problems, trouble, all those narcotics, man, frequently cause a lot of unnecessary problems. In addition to being sober, if you're out and about, you see someone being hostile, exit, you should be thinking they could be armed. If you are not ready to kill and or die, immediately exit. You can report as you are leaving. If you're in a vehicle, you're sober, buckled up and not on your cell, uh, just doing the small things that we can to stay as safe as possible uh, under extremely dangerous conditions. Uh, and we need all of our attention. All of that said, Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately no name calling even in the workplace no gossiping even in the workplace no reckless production of offspring that means chatting in great detail about the academic plan of your child. Are there even enough teachers in our district for us to think about having a child and educating them? That is the correct way of producing offspring. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Yeah. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>